What's up, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of the Sports Inventory with your host, Ben Kuchipudi, and my co-host, Tyler T. Grizzly Grand, baby. How you doing? How you doing? Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today. You know, it's a beautiful day outside today, and it's just it's a great day to talk sports. That's fair. Like all days. That's fair. But we got to address the elephant in the room. The NBA Finals. Ben, talk to me. Talk to me. What do we think? What do we think? Game four approaching us. This is a Friday, by the way. 6-10-2022. God bless America. We have game four tonight uh, in Boston. So, Ben, give me the lowdown here. What do you think? What's your thoughts? Well, at this point right now, I'm pretty shocked with how this series is going right now. I thought Golden State would be an opponent that Boston wouldn't be able to adjust to. Mm -hmm. But it looks like Boston is really playing to their strengths, and they're really just locking down Golden State in general. Um, game one on the road, that was a huge one for Boston. Outscored them 40-16 to 16 in the fourth quarter to win by double digits. And they were able to, so they were able to steal that one in the bay. They lost the second one, but they were able to regain home court advantage, and then they were able to once again win by double digits in game three. So game four, this is huge for the Warriors. If they go down three to one in the series, it may be it for them, but... If they win this game at TD Garden, I do think the Warriors are going to take this series. Um, I agree. I wholesomely agree. I just think um, this series definitely is interesting because the Warriors, they're not, this isn't new to them. They've run to a young athletic team in Memphis. I mean, obviously, you know, you're missing John Morant, but this team is very good defensively. Um, the thing is they're cutting off the, the passing, stuff like that, forcing the Warriors into ISO, and they're the best ISO defensive team in the league. Um... But I think for some reason the Warriors, they could they should have beaten them every game except maybe game three. One was all them, and they just self-destructed in the fourth quarter in the Bay, which is unheard of. Uh, game two, they obviously won. Game three, they started coming back in the third quarter, and they had the pace, and they had the run, and they just self-destructed in the fourth quarter again. And I think there's a couple of different people to blame here. Yeah, in game three, obviously, Draymond Green is the is the scapegoat for good reason this game two points i think four rebounds three assists but he did foul out and statistically this was one of the worst games by a starter in finals history and he did take blame for the loss but it also comes down to coaching steve kerr they were they got out rebounded 47 to 30 in the game and if i correct me if i'm mistaken tyler but Mm -hmm. I don't think Kevon Looney played in the fourth quarter. Uh, no, he did not. And um, I understand he was pushing the foul trouble a little bit, but I'm still kind of wondering, you know, it's the fourth quarter of game three, and you have a rebounding big that is known for his offensive rebounds, something that you were lacking on the court at the time, and I don't know why you didn't put him in. Um, it's just shocking to me. I just he, 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 was the, he was the fundamental piece in that series in, in Dallas, and he should be no different here. I understand Robert Williams athletically is better than a Max Kleber, but I don't know why Kayvon wasn't there. I still don't know why Kaminga is not in the game. He should be. They drafted him seventh overall for a reason, yeah. just to provide the spark off the bench, some athleticism. And another key fact in this game, Andrew Wiggins, he's got to step up, especially in shooting. Every three was hitting back rim. He was getting to the room with ease, but the offense is so much more potent when Wiggins is knocking on threes. Klay Thompson was able to find a stroke, and he had 25 points after being ice cold in the first two games, but they need everyone to suffer. Jordan Poole's another guy. He just seems to, he hits a deep three in this series once in a while, but 
other than that, he's been ice cold, and he's been that way pretty much since the um, Denver series. Honestly, I just um, I just think Jordan Poole dribbles too much. I think uh, the Warriors' game plan, Steve Kerr's philosophy, is ball movement. Um, off-ball screens, elevator screens, you know, that motion offense. And when Jordan Poole gets the balls in his hands, uh, he just dribbles, dribbles, dribbles when it's really unnecessary. Um, I think he's an immense talent, but I think it's just he's getting a little carried away. Uh, I think that'd be safe to say. Maybe it's just him. Maybe it's the inexperience of him. He's only his his third year in the league, his first NBA Finals. Maybe the pressure's getting to him. But for the Warriors to... Get back in the series, he needs to be that player he was earlier in the postseason. But it's funny because I don't think the level of play changes. I think just the scenery changes because he dribbled the same way in the Mavs series. He dribbled the same way in the Memphis series. It's just you're running against a team that defensively, if you're running an ISO isolation play, you're going to get clamped. That's their bread and butter. They were able to lock up Kevin Durant for most of the Brooklyn series. They were able to contain Giannis a little bit for the Milwaukee series. And besides Jimmy Butler giving the buckets in the conference finals, they were able to basically lock everyone else up on that team. Basically. And to reinforce your point with the rebounding, yeah, Boston insanely rebounding in Game 3, 31-47 advantage. Golden State with 17 turnovers and 12 turnovers to Boston. The three-point percentage is identical. That's interesting. Field goal percentage, Boston has them by 2% at 48.3, while Golden State's 46.2. Leading scores for both teams throughout the entire finals have been Steph Curry for Golden State and Jalen Brown for um, Boston. Listen, I just think Steph Curry's going to give you what you want. He's he gonna will. Give, he's going he to give you buckets. He's going to give you threes. He's going to take over games for you. Clay. After Game 3, I think he's back. I he think, found a stroke. I think he's fine. I think he's good. Steve Kerr's going to run his plays for him. He's going to get those off-ball off screens. But Draymond Green, I think Draymond Green's getting this weird hate because he's an immense talent. The only reason they are where they are today is because of that man in a lot of respects. But I, I'm a little confused on the two-point narrative because Draymond Green has only 38 20-point games in his career. Only one 30-point game, his career-high 31. Um, he's not the guy to score points. And he ha- he's had plenty of games where he scored five points and absolutely dominated the game. I think we should shift our focus and, I don't want to say hatred because it's a strong word, towards his defense. His that's defense la- has slowed down. Maybe it's age also, but... I think that's the lackluster part. People are getting caught up in the two points. He only had two points. Draymond Green has had four-point games and has dropped... He's had four-point double-doubles, four-point almost Exactly. So I think... I'm seeing a lot about this. He only you know, dropped... He has more points. He has the same amount of points as personal fouls. Sure, that is ridiculous. But that's the Draymond Green we, we know and love. Getting in people's faces. Getting a little hectic with it. You know, I'm in all defense of Draymond, but he does have to step up. Because I've seen what he can do in every facet of the playoffs. I've seen what he's done in every finals he's been in. He's the guy that you need, and he could just bring a team together. The glue guy. And I, I laugh very, very, very much because they make fun of his podcast. You, you hear about this podcast? Listen, Michael Jordan went gambling nights before the finals oh, yeah. and proceeded to drop 45. Dennis Rodman party for 48 hours in Vegas, Benjamin, and proceeded to drop Four points. But he also got 20, 20 rebounds, rebounds, whatever. And playing great defense. Before and after the game shouldn't matter to the spectator. It's what's happening during the game. However, whatever it takes for me to get in the in the zone 
it'll take me. If Draymond Green finds sanctuary in his podcast to express the ins and outs, the ups and downs of the game, let then let him be. That's where he gets to he gets to express himself because exactly. in the game can't do it as much. So his podcast, he's able to let his emotions go. Yes. We saw it with CJ McCollum earlier. Yes, yes. I just think there are three people that have to step up tonight and for the rest of this series. It is Draymond Green. I don't care if you score points, Draymond. Just play defense, get my rebounds, do my thing, set picks for me. And don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. His passes have gotten wild. Let me see how many turnovers he had because I feel like he's affecting the game in that aspect. He had three turnovers in game three. He went 0 for 2, 1 for 4, and he played 35 minutes. Now, his plus minus, by the way, was minus 13. Wiggins was minus 16. And Steph Curry, weirdly enough, was minus 14, and he proceeded to drop 31 points off a of 55% shooting. It's, this is a tough series. This is their toughest opponent yet. The By only far. people that had a positive record against the Warriors in the season was the Celtics. Was Boston. Ever since Steve Kerr became coach, it's been Boston. And the NBA should be excited about these finals. I think I do think the Warriors do take game four. I think they'll make the necessary adjustments. You have two teams colliding that have geniuses coaching and players that know how to play basketball, that know how to fix up their errors. Both teams are great after a loss. You know, and both teams are great making adjustments. The Warriors are the best third quarter team in basketball. But they have to close their games out. That's the problem. I don't care how you start. It's how you finish. I want you to finish strong. Third quarters the Warriors are scoring 73 points in the third quarter the of the series. Celtics are scoring 36. Like 36, 35, whatever it may be. That's historic third quarters. That's how you change games around. But the fourth quarter is very different. And that showed in game one and in game two, in game three. And it's also shot selection, too. It just seems freelancey to me towards the fourth quarter. Very freelance. People just want to get a shot off, whatever, and the Celtics are maintaining their stuff. Now to the Celtics, though. We've been talking a lot about the Warriors. They have to relax. They're getting a little too wild. Their passes are still wild. That was always a big problem with Boston, just making silly passes. Marcus Smart, you know, driving in and just contorting his body, throwing a crazy pass to and a it turnover. It's about a bounce. Exactly. Or Jalen Brown passing out of a bad shot. Jalen Brown, I've noticed this whole postseason. The problem with him seems like he turns the ball over a lot on the Celtics. When he, he drives, does. it seems like he gets stripped a lot. He does get a little carried away from himself. He had. Uh, two turnovers last game, and guess who had uh, five turnovers in Game 3? Marcus Smart. Like I said, Marcus Smart, when he gets into the lane and he doesn't feel comfortable with the layup or whatever shot he's taking, he's going to find the most convoluted pass there. And maybe it works, but most of the time, it it's, doesn't. It's, it's not it doesn't, smart. It doesn't. It does not make any sense. Uh, Jason Tatum also with three turnovers, and nine for 23 shooting, playing 41 minutes. Jason Tatum, that's the... He had a great game, too. Ultimately, ended up in a loss, but... Game one, he shot what six for twenty? Something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I just um, I see Jason Tatum's shot selection, and he got rest his soul, but he thinks he's Kobe Bean Bryant. Yeah, I, I mean, mean we've oof. seen we've seen him uh, with all the comparisons, all of the antics that he's doing. But what we have seen with Jason Tatum in this whole postseason that is able to bounce back and have a very strong game after a loss. We've seen that mainly in the Milwaukee series and in the Miami series. He had a great game in Game 2, but he was still a minus 36 in his plus-minus. Yeah, I just... Um, Jason Tatum, and also, I, I don't understand when he goes in the lane. He's a very strong layup taker. He gets in the paint very nicely, but sometimes he gets a little uh, out of hand. He contorts his body in a weird way, and he takes these very weirdly like convoluted layups, yeah. and he misses them. 
It's a routine layup. You're six eight six nine. Just get up there and get nasty with and it. And draw a foul if you need to. Not yeah, get the end. Yeah, and he time. shoots great at the at the line, the charity stripe. So I don't think it's a concern. He just, I, I there's something with him. Um, I think he's the whole Kobe trip. He, you know, he's trying to follow this legacy. But in reality, don't be Kobe Bryant. Don't be yeah, Michael there's Jordan. There's one Kobe Bryant. You just have to be Jason Tatum to that's, make your own legacy. That's that's all that's required. I, you know, but then again, there might be a key to success here for the Warriors because. The games that Jason Tatum succeeds, they've lost. Yeah. I mean, granted, there's only been three games thus far. But game two, Jason Tatum did have a good game, but they lost. So maybe Steve Kerr, because I remember in game one, Steve Kerr's priority was to lock down Jason Tatum and contain And they him. did, but guys like Derek White, Marcus Smart. And Al Horford they came They all had, through. what, 20-plus point games? Al Horford had 26 plus? for a 6-11 from three. So that's the thing. I think we got too caught up in Jason Tatum because I think he's starstruck as well. In the same boat as Jordan Poole, because both parties have never been there. You know, you can watch the NBA Finals from home. You can do all these things. You could be almost there, like LeBron got eliminated, like LeBron eliminated them a couple years back. You could be almost there, but once you're here, the the lights bright, you know, are the shining bright. lights of the finals. Yeah. So I think Jason Tatum's a little bit of a shell shock too. But I'd let him do my thing. If I'm Steve Kerr, I'm putting Wiggins on him, which does have some effect. I'm gonna have, I agree. I'm going to put some Kaminga on him. I need Kaminga in the rotation. You need Kaminga's athleticism to try to keep up with Tatum. Draymond yeah. Green is not that defender who can guard Tatum. Draymond can find his way with Al Horford and the Robert Williams and the Grant Williams and sometimes even switch on to Jalen Brown because there has been moments in this where Jalen Brown is perfectly defended by Draymond. Draymond Draymond's one of the best defenders we've ever seen he in is. this league. And I understand he's not the guy he once was with his body and all that stuff. But he could still defend a guy from once in a while. Yeah, he's can. fine. He's fine. Um, I think they. I think they're predicating too much on that ISO game. I think they just have to relax. The Warriors have to put more guys in the rotation. Moses Moody. I think Jordan Poole's hurting the team a little bit with the shot selection and just as yeah, just his dribbles a lot, a little too much, and it ends up just like a brick deep three. Yeah. Maybe he makes like the deep three once in a while, but yeah. for this series, it's been. Missed shots. I think for the decision-making, I think Moses Moody's a wiser pick in the Mavs series. He made good decisions. He did. He listened to his coach. He listened to his thing. I think Jordan Poole gets carried away sometimes. And I, I recall from Draymond Green's podcast that Draymond Green said himself he has this confidence problem. But Draymond Green soon re- reinforced that saying, um, you need guys like that on a team like this. I think yes and no. Yeah, you you want to have guys that have confidence, but you can't have... There's a difference between being confident and just being reckless. Ineffective. Yeah, you have to be be confident. Like, you're not going to pass up open shots. But you have to be smart with the basketball. If you're covered and you're three feet behind the three-point line, four feet behind the line, you're not just going to dribble and take him one-on-one and then just shoot an ill-advised three. Especially if you're the Warriors, you want to move the ball... And do as much as you can to try to get the best shot possible. Yeah, yeah. I, and the, the Warriors, their bread and butter is catch and shoot, passing, passing, passing. Off-ball screen, you know, they have, movement. You know, they have insane, insane assist stats. Um, like, I remember in one of the series in, in the Mavs, like, they had like 26 shots and 24 of them were off assists. And they won that game by a huge margin. Golden State is fourth in the league when it comes to assists per per game, and that's at 27. Moving the ball is key for the success of teams. You can't win by going isolation all the time. You can't, and it, and it, and it doesn't help when you have a team that can defend all five positions iso. Yep. Marcus Smart through you know Robert Williams, 
Now, if I'm the Warriors, though, I remember um, whoever was the commentator for last game, he made a very, very extremely you know, beautiful point. When they're coming off those quick picks for Stephen Curry, Horford and Robert Williams are dropping down. And you just got to take those shots, Steph. You do. Like, you know. You're, you're the best shooter of all time. You, you need to take those shots in this series like this. Yeah. And I just think um, we just have to just play your game. The game that got you here is the game that shouldn't, you know, it should the game it's that the game should, should keep playing. Exactly, it, it, it's foolproof. I don't know why we get so shell shocked. Um, I just we gotta change the rotation. Steve Kerr has to get in his guy's ass. I oh, there's a clip on Instagram that's going viral with Andre Godala coaching up on Andrew Wiggins. You need the young guys to get a little nip in there, you know, behind. Yeah, you know, it's because a lot of these guys haven't been here. Just because Steph, Clay, and Draymond have been here doesn't mean that their experience and their knowledge can immediately impact the people that have never been here. No, you have to, yeah, the young guys have to get a little fire in their behind so they know what they're doing this series. Nothing, can't be too reckless, just gotta play your game, play, say, play how your coach wants you to play, and that's how you got there in the first place, and that's how you need to finish. And honestly, though, though I think this is the most we see from Boston, but they're winning against a mistake-ridden Warriors team. Because who, realistically, if the fourth quarter was on pace from the third quarter, who wins game one? The Warriors. Who, win, who won game two? Golden State. And who would have won if the fourth quarter was went the way of the Warriors? The Warriors. This, yeah, that's just their problem in this series. They're just they can't closing out it. games. They, like they got it. too reckless in the beginning of the fourth quarter. They let Boston get comfortable with their shots. And in the end, that's how they collapsed in games um, one and three. It's just... Uh, and I, I expect more from a team that's been at at these NBA Finals, you know, six out of eight years or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. And there was a stat of like there's 120 some you know Finals games um, collectively on that Warrior squad. And there's none on. Boston. There's none in Boston, but Boston has a chip on their shoulder. They've never broken the glass ceiling that was the Eastern Conference Finals because of one man, three names: LeBron, Ramon, James, and that's why. Yeah, now they're here. They've had one of the one of the greatest stories I've seen in a long time with teams. They, I was at this game. Fun fact: Then the Knicks played the Celtics at Madison Square Garden. The Celtics blew a twenty five point lead, and RJ Barrett hit a turnaround game winning three pointer at the buzzer over Tatum. And since then, they've had that chip on the shoulder. Tatum said that's a, the toughest loss, and that's how they really started winning games. They haven't lost a back to, a game back to back since that moment but the thing is they haven't avoided blowing leads game three they blew an 18 point lead and the Warriors were right there and then they somehow figured it out and finished it out but they're they're no strangers to blowing leads they've been no, blowing they've blown leads this entire postseason they've Milwaukee, been blowing leads since 2017 leads. yeah lead, that's just um that's, that's just Boston nature it's the Boston nature because you know why at the end of the day they go on scoring droughts they just do and that's the thing Tatum Jason Tatum as great of a player as he is I've noticed in all the games I've watched of the Celtics, when Tatum is cold, he shoots ill-advised three-pointers. Just trying to shoot through the slump. Just trying to shoot through the slump when he's not trying to get to the basket. He's just shooting contested threes, bricking them, when he should be trying to get to the line, get some easy points. And also what I've noticed is a lot of the points coming from the Brown-Tatum combo are off mismatches on Steph and smaller guards because that's how they're getting their bread and butter points. I can't knock it. 
but Steve Kerr has to figure out a way to prevent the switches from happening. They do. Because every time they would run the pick, because that's all that's all Boston was doing, calling picks, getting their mismatches they want. Because I don't think Tatum could really score pretty well in a Wiggins or a Draymond. He's forcing himself onto the Steph Currys and those other guys to get those buckets. And I, I ain't hating the game, but that's how he's doing it. You know, and putting Kaminga in and a Gary Payton in during those relief times for those gentlemen, I think would be great. And that's when those droughts start. You know, I just think, like, I watched the game and the Celtics are capitalizing off of mismatches, and that's great. But Steve Kerr has to notice that and he has to figure that out. You know, whether it's the hedge screens or, you know, don't do switches or some sort of ice, you know. But that's how the Celtics are doing it. And it's just driving and kick out someplace. Jason Tatum coming in doesn't see a shot. Jason Tatum is getting all these assists, not nine assists in game three. Mm-hmm. He had a ridiculous amount of assists in game one, I know that. And. Because he's finding those guys. Because you put Horford, Marcus Smart, Grant Williams can shoot corners now. Derek White. All Peyton Pritchard, too. That's the thing. You're putting these guys out there, and you have to defend the perimeter. Because those threes, they just... they, they All points are a stab in your gut. But a three is a three-inch knife. Especially a three-pointer at the end of the shot clock when you're playing such great defense. And all of it just goes to waste because you leave someone in the corner wide open. For and you. when you are trading buckets back and forth, because I've seen in this series a lot of sequences where it's like bucket after bucket, you know, Steph Curry floater, Jason Tatum layup, uh, you know, Clay Thompson three, Jalen Brown mid-range. When they trade buckets a lot, those threes just hit harder because it's like, damn, I got to catch up one more point and one more point and one more point. And that's that's tough. It is. That's tough. And that, and that could be... I, for Steph, Dre, Iggy, those guys, Clay, I'm sure they can handle that adversity, but it's the younger guys that I'm fearful for because it's the finals. It's the final. You worked all this way. You have to finish this out strong. And I think they make the adjustments. I think Golden State as a whole has hear, heard a lot of you know bull from a lot of people about Draymond, about Kaminga's playing time, about Steve Kerr's coaching decisions and substitutions. I think they make the necessary adjustments. And I think they're just too experienced to mess up this game. Yeah, I mean, in the end, game four, I don't. I just think Steph Curry. He dealt. He got hurt at the end of game three, a little Which was leg very injury. Scary. But I just don't think he's gonna let them lose tonight. No, I just think he's gonna do everything he can. Just if he has to score 40, 45 points, so be it. He's gonna will that team to victory. Yeah, give me a highlight tape while you're at it, Steph. Yeah, but I just um yeah I don't I don't see them winning. Uh, well, not winning tonight. It's just they'll figure it out. And the thing is, Boston, you know, that I think it was a mixture between Boston shooting in game one and then just the collapse of the fourth quarter. But I stand behind Draymond's comments that they won that first game from the majority of the minutes. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, they were up 12 entering the fourth quarter. Exactly, exactly. So... If you win this game, Golden State, hear me out. If you win this game... It's the best of three, and you have two games at home. Bring it back to the Bay. Let those fans wear the golden yellow and shake their hats and hands at you. Bring the sticks out, start clapping them together, and make Boston as uncomfortable as possible. I don't care if they said F Draymond. You bring out the card. Welcome to basketball, baby. Bring bring back high fives. Bring it all back. We need this win tonight. And we need it back in the Bay. And if you win in Boston, that'll be a, just a throat cut for Boston fans all over. But if you lose back in Boston, it might be. You have a game in the Bay, game seven. It's all or nothing there. 
every game you could possibly play in the entire season that has been played. This is it's it, you guys got it. You guys got it. You guys have been here. You guys have done that. And Boston doesn't have one man that really has beaten you guys down. And that's LeBron. They don't have that guy. They have a bunch of young, talented, you know, hippity hop guys. You guys can take that. The experience matters here. And that's again, that's what a game seven is. It comes down to the experience and how to play in the playoffs in the biggest game of the season, the biggest game of many of these players' lives. Never they've never been here before. Exactly. Exactly. I believe in you guys. I love the Warriors. I just love the way you guys play basketball. You're one of the only teams to my recollection recently that have been homegrown. You know, you Boston got, is also a homegrown team. Not well, gonna give them yeah. not gonna give them any of that hate for that. Yeah, no hate for that. And that's respect to both of these teams. Both I, these I teams like the fact that both teams are very, you know, homegrown unit oriented, you know. But Golden State, I love you guys. We don't have a lot of time much that much together. Steph is about to turn, what, 35, 34? 35. 35, Clay and Draymond right behind him. We have a nice young core, but, you know, with the luxury tax stuff and the cap space stuff, we might lose some of those guys. So, for me, for the Bay, for all Golden State fans around the world, please, let's bring this one home to San Fran. That's it. Let's do that. Boston, I love you guys too. I really admired you guys younger in, in you know my youth. I loved Isaiah Thomas. I love those times. But you guys got time. You guys are going to dominate the next six years of this league, I believe. As long as you keep Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart together. Because I think if Al Horford does win this year, I see him retiring. I can see that too. And yeah, Boston, young core, Brown, Tatum, Smart, obviously. Derek White's also pretty young. Peyton Pritchard, too. Great Williams. Robert Williams is also young. Oh, man, that team is more youthful than a church group. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. And you guys got it. You guys have a future. When Boston succeeds, basketball is in a good hands. You know, you have an historic franchise on the backs of Bill Russell's Converse sneakers and up to Larry Bird's little milk mustache. You have this great, rich history, and I'm glad you guys are back. But Golden State... Show them what you do. Show them what you do. Dominate. Do your thing. Prove to them that you don't need KD. Prove to them that age is but a number. And prove to them that experience is the most important thing in basketball. That's it. That is it. That is it. Good luck, Golden State tonight, Boston. I mean, good luck to you too. But, you know, I like the Warriors. So Yeah, by the time you're seeing this, game four, and possibly, the other, and possibly some of the other games may be finished. So... Maybe a little outdate on that, but enough of the finals for now. The NFL right now. How about Deshaun Watson? Dog, I um, if I knew I could get away possibly with a crime and still be paid $200 million guaranteed, I'd go do the crime. It's crazy. 66 masseuses in 17 months. And the Browns knew about his crimes. Maybe not to the extent, but they knew about it. And they still managed to give up three first-round picks, two other middling picks, and they still managed to give him $230 million guaranteed, the largest contract, the most guaranteed money in NFL history. I just think um, it's ridiculous. Um, I believe, politics aside, he's an immense talent. He is 26. He's a great quarterback. He has great presence. He can move. He can air the ball out. He has pretty good accuracy as well. And he has the pocket presence to make it out of there. I mean, when you're in Houston, you're going to get hit a lot. You are. Okay. But politics in now. 
the fact that Houston supplied him with a plethora of different masseuses. And now they're going to be defendants in this case, too. Of course. Um, the fact that um, they let this go on for this long. And the facts that Cleveland claimed that they did extensive research on this and provided him the money. Listen, Cleveland. If anybody is convicted of a crime, regardless of they're not guilty, guilty, whatever, you can't talk guarantees. You can't talk guarantees. Especially that much money. Like, I get Watson, when he played, he was one of the, probably a top five quarterback in football. He was only 25, and he was putting up great numbers with a terrible Houston team when he last played. Oh my but what, God. there's so much risk in this. And what's worse, if Watson does get suspended for, say, Say at least half the season. You're already alienated Baker Mayfield enough that he's not going to play another down for you guys. So no disrespect to Jacoby Brissett, but he's your third-string quarterback journeyman. And in an uber-competitive AFC, it's going to be hard for Cleveland to try to make that push for the postseason when you have Jacoby Brissett starting. Then the contract when signed, five years, $230 million, with a $44 million signing bonus. All that money is guaranteed. It's absolutely ridiculous. Every dollar. I just don't understand. I understand you guys have been desperate for a quarterback since my grandpappy was running around. Yeah. But I don't understand why this was your guy, A, and B, why you offered him the biggest contract in NFL history like that. This is such a big gamble by the Browns, and the Browns have made... More than questionable decisions in the past with trades and drafting, but this could end up being their biggest flop if if all this if Watson doesn't end up playing, they've guaranteed all this money to him. They give up three future first round picks. And if they don't make the playoffs and win significantly, all of that is is for what? I just think um it's interesting because we're also overglancing the fact that uh he hasn't played in a minute. He hasn't played since the 2020 season. He hasn't played in a minute. And I understand that talent, some talent, at least pocket presence and you know your eye for the ball, that stuff doesn't really go away. But the guy hasn't been under quarterback pressure in the past two years. He's offered a fat contract by the Cleveland Browns. And as Cleveland, you have to understand, you're giving your money to a what-if. Yeah, this is... It's this is like the biggest hit or miss that I've seen in a while with trades. The problem with Cleveland is they're a chicken without a head. They never had any. They're just they're, they're it's like kindergarten over there. There's no structure in the organization. The I thing mean, with Baker and Odell, okay, they might not be passing, but let's share dialogue like adults. You drafted this kid. Baker had promise. Baker's rookie year was. He was a he was great as a rookie. He he willed that Browns team that won one in thirty one in the years of Hugh Jackson. He willed them to nearly a five hundred record with almost the same team. He played great football as a rookie. And then following his sophomore, we go through slumps that happens because in the league that we had known as the NFL, when you have a stellar year in the NFL, you did something differently that everybody does. But we have 16, now 17 games of film on you. So we can make the adjustments. Yep. The great players make the adjustments to avoid the fixations that other teams make on your film. So happens to say that, you know, the Baker Mayfield film that he had rookie year, 
people studied it secondary cornerbacks linebackers certain you know defensive coordinators and that's why he had a little bit of a slump that year yeah and his third year he led his team to the postseason and a playoff win and they almost beat the chiefs in the divisional ride they could have made it to the conference championship injuries injuries played a part um his his obviously this past season he did fall off a cliff a little bit but honestly if i was the browns and i had to give up three first round picks plus additional picks to a what if into Sean Watson, I would have rather kept Baker because worst comes to worst, you can if the wheels fall completely, you can draft a quarterback in twenty twenty three and a very good class. Yeah, and I think Baker is still great. I just, I just, he just in a very, very, very bad situation, Benjamin. It's just, it's terrible. And the whole Odell stuff, you know, obviously your dad posts clips or whatever Odell, but like. How would you had a dialogue with your quarterback? Uh, maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. We don't know as the just public. Just selling out like men. Yeah, like, just listen, dog. Just pass me the ball. I'm one of the best athletes on the planet for this sport. Pass me the pill. And if he says no, then we can move accordingly. But I think it's very inappropriate to tell your father or to on his own so fruition childish. to like, ask you to post highlights of you not getting the ball. Like, we're not toddlers here. You don't have to go whine to your daddy if anything doesn't go your way. And I thought Odell in, in Cleveland was going to work. His best buddy from LSU was over there. Him and Jarvis Landry was slamming back Coca-Colas. It was a great time. Trust me, after his second game in Cleveland, it was a Monday Night Football game against the Jets at MetLife. Odell had, I think, 190 yards and a touchdown. And I thought everything was going to go so well from there. The connection between him and Baker looked so good. And then everything just fell off the rails. I just, uh, I don't know if it was a cop-out to go to the Rams, Odell. Um, I'm a Cowboys fan for future viewers, of course. So boo-hoo, whatever, you suck. I don't really care. I love me Dallas, so I have my opinions on Odell. But, I mean, he got his ring. He did his thing in Los Angeles. But I really would wonder what the process would look like if he stayed in Cleveland, especially if Odell remained but Baker left. Imagine him with Deshaun Watson. I'd find that very, 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 fun to watch. very appealing to watch good football. And it sucks because Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback, and we don't see a lot of African American quarterbacks in the league. Obviously, that number is getting more. You have the Patties, the Lamars, the Teddy Bridgewater, Malik Willis, the Malik Willis Russell Wilson, CJ Stroud are going to be drafted ex- next year. Exactly, and you were, you know, going to, you know, bridge that gap of showing that no matter what happens, you know, we can have a black quarterback lead a franchise, but we have this happening, and it just hurts my soul. It hurts it. It rattles my chains. You know, it really does. I mean, Cleveland. They they made some moves. They traded for Amari Cooper. They got that replacement for Odell. But with this Deshaun stuff, it's going to be so tough for them making it to the playoffs. And they're the already AFC. they're already going to buckle under their upkeep because the Cooper contract is fat. The Miles Garrett contract fat. Denzel so, Ward contract just got signed fat. fat. Why Wyatt Teller another fat contract. Exactly. Jack Conklin. So the other positions that they lack, are they going to trust the development of their team or they are going to bank on minimum free agents and rookies that they're going to acquire? And what does this mean for the running backs? Nick Chubb is going to be up for a contract. Kareem Hunt is going to have to sign exactly. an extension eventually. Those are it's one of the best two, one of the best one two punches in football and a very strong running offense. But if Cleveland can't resign them or they're disgruntled with the situation, if this year happen? doesn't go 
to the Cleveland's way. Nick Chubb is going to untie his cleats, take him off, and hightail it to another team that's going to use his talents. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. That is going to be the result. If Watson gets suspension, like you mentioned, why do I want to play for Jacoby Brissett? No, you didn't know. You don't want to play for Jacoby Brissett. No offense to Jacoby, but I love you, Jacoby. He doesn't listen, Jacoby. I love you. But he doesn't have that star appeal or just the talent that Watson has. Watson, regardless of the politics and things involved, is, is a, a great quarterback. One and of when healthy, I think he's top five. He's definitely top five. I just uh, Cleveland. It's a tough situation. You guys, you guys. Made a stupid decision. Y'all, Cleveland, Cleveland needs some help. And if all things go right for, if all things go wrong for Cleveland, this is going to be a massive win for the Houston Texans, who have now three future first-round picks from the Browns. Young, young players too. They can develop and do whatever they want with. Weirdly enough, a nice little young quarterback. Davis too. Mills, second best, arguably the best rookie quarterback. This yeah, season. yeah. Now, granted, can he keep that production up? We don't. Know. Whatever, but let's say he's good. Let's just say he's let's say good he repeats the same year he had this. Let's season. say he spins the football just like that. You can dedicate those future picks because your team's gonna suck. You can, you can dedicate them to linemen, to receivers. To line, weapons, defensive men. You could have a future, Houston. And if you're, say, a 7-8 win team in the next one or two years, and say a disgruntled player comes on the trade block, you're going to have two first-round picks to use as ammo to get that player and Simple bring enough. Houston back to relevance. Simple enough. But you're the Houston Texans. You're not a free agent destination. Also, you're the set. You're not always the greatest gonna, ownership either. Not the greatest ownership. You're always going to live in the shadow of the Dallas Cowboys. Not talking from a fan, but because Texas. It's Texas, dog. It's Dallas, Dallas is America's team, and Houston is uh, where well, they came in the league 20 years ago. Yeah, it's going to be hard. You've had some pretty good players. You know what was Andre Johnson, right? Great receiver. DeAndre right? Hopkins, Arian Foster. You've had some great, great talent, but all whom's primes were wasted yep. in your stadium. So you guys got to figure that out. And honestly, I've never had the most faith in Houston, but I do think they can be a team in a few years that can be very like competitive in the AFC just because of the capital that they have. And if Davis Mills does pan out, they don't have to waste time looking for another quarterback. And yeah, they're going to have cap space and they're going to have assets. So and listen, I think they can build their team. They're up. in the AFC South. A very weak division by incredibly all weak, like AFC East level. NFC. East. NFC. Sorry, apologies. I'm looking. I mean, at the look AFC at. Uh, I mean, AFC South. Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville has never been good. Tennessee. You have a bright future with Malik if he pans out. But Derrick Henry is getting older. He's getting older, and you know a lot of your players are getting older. Period. Too. They just trade for Robert Woods is getting older. Exactly. They did just start trailing Burks. We'll see how he pans. And the Colts. Matty young, Ice is getting older. Matty Ice is getting older, and the Colts. They have a nice young squad, but they're gonna be in pursuance of a quarterback like you guys. They will. So that's the thing. Jaguars. They're gonna suck. You know, they, sh- go somewhere else. Jacksonville. And with the Colts, we're gonna have to see how much they how much they use Jonathan Taylor because running backs are very dispensable in this league. Yeah. And the Colts do have a very good offensive line, but they can't just run the ball with Taylor every time. They have to like, keep his legs fresh. The beauty of Taylor 
is he could become a receiving back. He can. You could send him a little curl flats and little like out little routes, pass. whatever. Yeah, and they did that a lot when he had they Carson did. Wentz Taylor at the had, I think, almost four hundred passing yards, and I think he had two receiving touchdowns. Yeah, he he's a weapon. The kid is nasty. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, he's gonna be number one pick in fantasy drafts this year. He's gonna be a beautiful. He's gonna have a beautiful, beautiful career. You know, another you know, great Colts running back. Exactly, exactly. But then again, Texans, you could take control here. Obviously, your opponent's going to be the Titans because they're going to have their thing. You know, you're going to have Malik Willis coming through. And that team as a whole, Tennessee's always going to kind of be there. Yeah, Tennessee never, is they, never going to be bottom of the barrel, but they're But not. they'll never be top of the top. They're always going to be very in the middle. They're going to be competitive. They'll, complete, they'll compete for a playoff spot. Like last year, I think it was an anomaly for them. They won the AFC... They had a twelve and five record. They had the first round bye, but they didn't end up winning a playoff game. You run into Joe Burrow, Joe Burr, baby. Joe Shiesty. You got to watch out for the Cartier shades, all right. But the thing is, how many teams in the NFL? Thirty, thirty-two. 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 They are literally sitting at like the fifteenth rank mark, right? And every year, there are a couple of spots above that, or a couple of spots below that. But I think Malik Willis can be the truth. I think he can too. He's at. I think he was the best quarterback coming out of this draft. I don't know why he fell to the third round for whatever reason. Hey, but I do like it because it puts a certain chip on his shoulder. He does, and it's just he's just such a good dude in general. Yes, I hear the interviews. Very, very genuine person. Very nice. And, and I think after Tennessee the after the comments Ryan Tannehill made about him, he just said what he needed to say. He was calm about it. He didn't show any animosity. But he's a little jelly. He is a little jelly. He's a little jelly because Ryan Tannehill ain't the truth. And the Tennessee Titans know that and the NFL knows that. Yeah, that's what they drafted Willis for a reason. Exactly, exactly. And he got a little mad at that. That's why he made the comments he made. I mean, they're valid comments, but I didn't like the tone they were taking. Yeah, it seemed very resentful. It's not my job. I think it indirectly is your job. It is. I mean, as the older quarterback, you're supposed to take... Younger quarterbacks who are behind you under the wing and show them the ropes of the offense. You're supposed to just show them how to, even not even like, hey, listen to me, Malik. Just you throwing the ball and having him next to you shows him a lot, you know? Shows that you care. But I would love to see Malik Willis in a Tennessee Titans uniform, and I would love to see him sling the rock. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I think Tannehill is going to be done in this, this season after. He's gonna be. I don't think he's gonna be a Titan after this year. I think. With full honesty, uh, though, that could happen even sooner than you think. He could. It depends. Let's see. Uh, let's say. Um, even recently with the Titans, Marcus Mariota fell off in the middle of the I think 2019 season. I think they started off three and five. Tannehill took the reins. Now take it. Tannehill was not a rookie at this time, but he took it. He ran away with the job, and the Titans made it to the conference championship that year. Yep. So if Tannehill. Flops in the middle of the year. Is that the legacy of the Tennessee Titans? You're good, and then one season you do all right, you get replaced by your replacement, and they you know run them gauntlet, and then the rinse and repeat. Do you think that's how it's going to work? I I can see this with Tannehill, but when Willis gets his chance, I think he's going to shine. I think the minute Willis gets under snap to start a game, whenever that happens, he will not let up on that job for the rest I don't, of his career. Yeah, I just think I think he'll just run away with the job. Now, what about Kenny Pickett though, Mister Pitt? Kenny Pickett. This is an interesting one. Obviously, we know the issue. His hands are too small. He has to wear gloves. He got baby hands. I'm sorry, Kenny. Yeah, but, um, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh, I don't think Pittsburgh will make the playoffs this year. Mike Tomlin, great coach. They have good talent on that team. I just don't think they can make the playoffs. But I think Mitch Trubisky will start for a few games. I don't think he'll start. He won't start the whole season, most likely, unless they're a good team. But I think Pickett will take the job. I'd say I'll say week seven maybe. 
Mm. Um, they do have good talent around him. Najee Harris, second year running back, he's in for a big season. Beautiful, beautiful. They game. got um, Chase Claypool, who's looking to have a bounce back year. Deontay Johnson, one of the most underrated receivers in the league. And you just after George Pickens out of Georgia and the speedster Calvin Austin out of Memphis. And you have Pat Firemuth, who had a very underrated rookie year. Beautiful. And you got a, one of the best defenses of football. And, and they're young. And they're Mika young. Micah Fitzpatrick, the Mr. Watt, they're young. Yeah, and young. their offensive line does need some work. It's no longer what it used to be back with the Killer Bees. But if Pittsburgh puts some work into their line, I think they could be dangerous. And we have to. I, and they could afford one too, so that, that shouldn't be a problem. They don't them. need to necessarily be good this year. Pittsburgh has always been a competitive team. It's not going to hurt them if they go five and twelve this year. They can just they can draft the best O lineman available. I think they'll have maybe a little bit of money to spend. They also do have to re-sign Deontay Johnson, who's up for a contract this year. Yeah. But Pickett, I I honestly don't have as much trust in him as I do in Malik Willis. But I think the the staff around him and the cast around him, I think that's going to make Pickett a, a solid quarterback in this league. And the last, I guess, more notable rookie quarterback, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. I love that pick. I love Desmond. I love his interviews. I love his composure. Obviously, you know, I'm not affiliated with Cincinnati in any way, but every story I've heard is that he's a phenomenal leader. He's a great locker room presence. He brings guys together and doesn't tear them apart, which a lot of quarterbacks tend to do. Um, I think for Atlanta, this is phenomenal. It's going to be a little wishy-washy with Marcus Mariota. Obviously, I think Marcus is going to start for the you know start of the season. He will season. definitely start. I'll, once again, I'll probably Ritter will probably take the reins by like maybe like week ten or something. I think it could be honestly sooner. I think Marcus Mariota is going to have a very very bad game one time, throwing back to back turnovers or a turnover into a fumble. Ritter is going to come in. It's going to, they're going to be down by a lot. And yeah, when that moment that Ritter steps onto that turf field and whomever field in Atlanta or wherever their schedule may be. Once he stands on that field to snap and hike the ball, but that isn't preseason, he's going to get the job, and he's not going to let it up. And Marcus is going to go back to square one. And I loved Marcus Marion. I loved him in Tennessee. I loved the 808 Oregon face mask. I loved it all. But it's sad to say he isn't what he used to be. No, he's, he's not. It's, it's sad what happened to Marcus. But with Ritter, he's mobile. He has a, I think he, ha, he can improve his arm a little bit, but just, that's just um, mechanics. And he chain. might like the power, but I think he's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. But he also he also does have some underrated weapons. As bad as Atlanta is as a team overall, like Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is phenomenal. Drake London, they he was the first receiver drafted. Yeah. He's a carbon copy of Mike Evans, six yeah. foot five, knows how to get the football. Kyle um, Calvin Ridley, you know, regardless of the gambling we'll stuff, to, we'll have to see what happens with Ridley if he demands a trade or not. Cordero Patterson's a weapon out of the backfield, and another sleeper player on the offense. Late round running back out of BYU, Tyler Algier. I did hear about this gentleman here. He does, and I think he's the best true. Run- I mean, Patterson is a running back, wide receiver. He's yeah. more of a wide receiver, a combo, a jackknife, a Swiss Army knife. But you know. Algier is a power back, and I think him in the offense is going to be very solid. I just think um, it's just something Atlanta doesn't have right now, and he'll probably receive some goal line touches early in his career. Early in the in the season, I think I agree. Yeah, I just think um Atlanta's in obviously that rebuilding phase, Fine. but it's about time they've been in that phase. I think they're going to acquire the young guys necessary. I think Ritter's the start of a new life in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean Matty Ice has been, Matt Ryan has been the quarterback since two thousand eight. Yeah, he's been he's been there forever. I wish Matt Ryan the best of luck. In but Indiana. yeah, but you know it's a new time in Atlanta, and I think Ritter's going to take over, and. 
right after Malik, I have I have Ritter. I'm not super super high on Kenny Pickett. Neither am I. Not even regarding his hands, because I don't really care about the hands. Because Joe Burrow has small hands, but he still dominated the league. Um, it's a small part portion, you know. Sure, can it cause turnovers like Daniel Jones getting you know sacked and dropping the ball? Yeah, but. I'd rather a guy that is pretty accurate with the ball, whatever, and occasionally turns the ball over because he has small hands than a guy with huge hands that doesn't have any decision-making skills. I'm, I have no problem with it, but I really like Malik. I really like Desmond Ritter, and I really like Kenny Pickett. Everything after that's whatever, and that's the rule I have. I have, yeah, the order I have weaker quarterback it. class this year as compared to previous years, but I think these guys each have something special about them. They've been drafted for a reason, and... I think when given the opportunity, they can shine. And the, to, to the to the extent that you said it's a weak quarterback draft, it's drafts like these that they all come in with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, they're like, even going back to basketball, the 2020 draft class, they were, LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards said they had a chip on the shoulder because people said it was a weak class. And both of those guys are some of the best young stars in the NBA. Yeah. And they've ha- yeah. there's other great players in that class. And it's great for those guys because the expectation of the world isn't on them. That's the thing about being drafted in a lottery in any sport. The minute you enter the league and you put your cap on and you shake the hand with the commissioner, right? They're going to expect so much from you because there's players in all sports in the past that have come in and just immediately dominated. Not everyone's like that. But right now, since in Ritter's and Willis's case, you're third-round picks. You have players in front of you. You're not going to have the Same thing with Kenny Pickett, too. And Kenny Pickett, yeah. He was a first-round pick, but... You drafted Mitch Trubisky, and he's supposed to start over him. Um, that won't last the whole season, likely, but he doesn't have that immediate. Um, he doesn't have the pressure to start and make an yeah. impact right away. So they can develop at their own rate, which obviously you want quickly, but they don't have the pressure of the world on them. Because, Willis, you have Tannehill still in front of you. Um, you have Mitch, Mitch Trubisky still. And you have Marcus, Marcus, Marcus Mariota. So you can mold into what you need to mold. You could take this year or whatever, and then ball out you know and you might have a weak quarterback draft but this has been a great draft for every other position this is a great draft for every other position linemen o-line defensive linemen cornerbacks running backs weapons in general it's been a great draft and this is a draft that i think we're going to see a lot of studs out of a lot of hall of famers this is going to be a good good draft and a lot of picks in the second and third round i'm going to see going to be you know pro bowlers as as a jets fan i'm hoping one of those second rounders my boy Brees hall out of iowa state i'm hoping he's going to be a pro bowler and a hall of famer i think he has the talent let's see what happens with him of course of course yeah but the nfl is in good hands the nfl is in good hands in good hands yeah but Moving on to the MLB. How about those Yankees, man? Hey, man. The Yanks are back, baby. The Yanks are back. You just got, they got to watch out. They got to watch out. We have to see how they do in the second half of the season because they're 41 and 16 right now. They are by far the best team in the league. Yeah. And not, right, not that far behind them is the other team, the New York Mets. Yeah. When New York is playing good in any sport, the world is happy. Yep. Whether it's the, the Knicks, Yankees, Mets, Rangers, Giants, Jets, Mets, whatever, Nets. That's just how it goes. When New York is good, the world is good. And everyone gets happy. Yeah. But the thing about the Yankees, though, baseball is a grueling, long season. 162 games. It is a lot of games, a lot of time down. you got to constantly come to, come to play. But it's looking promising. It it's really looking is. promising. Um, do I think they need any additions or improvement? Obviously, you know, Joey Gallo still batting below the Mendoza line. That's what he does. But the thing about New York, 
I think there's only a couple of teams in sports, Ben, you can reinforce me on this, that I don't care where you come from. When you go to that team, you automatically suck because you have to improve because of the crowd, the history, the whole ideology behind it. Joey Gallo was having a pretty decent season before he was acquired by the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple of things that the Yankees, I think, glanced over. The fact that you know 50% of his at-bats were strikeouts before he was acquired by the Yankees. I think that's pretty major. But the other 50 were obviously home runs and big hits. But that's the thing about the Yankees. It took John Carlo a couple of years to get equated here. Yep, I did. You know? Um, and there's very few people that come here, whether that is drafty or trade acquirement, that can immediately play. Derek Jeter, like that guy, the captain, he was meant to be a Yankee. The way he was groomed, he grew up in Jersey, you know, whatever. He just came up through the ranks. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge is kind of the same way. But there's a couple of it, – it's hard to play for the Yankees. It is. It's, it's New York hard. in general is toughest market in sports and the Yankees – What's second most valuable team in America? Yeah, behind the Dallas Cowboys. And it's just, um, it's 27 World Series. Like, honestly, they're probably the most storied franchise in America right now. They probably, if there was ribbons for every accolade, oh boy, would they be a ribbon factory. I just think it's hard to play for an organization like this. So you might be on a stretch, and I love you guys, but, you know, we have to maintain that. Pitching, though, I think that has been a big redeeming quality for us. Um, I am thoroughly surprised by the emergence of Nestor Cortez Jr. I love Nasty Nestor. I love the stash. Keep it, baby. You know, your RPMs go up when you keep the mustache. Fun fact. Um, Garrett Cole, obviously, he's going to do a Garrett Cole things, but sometimes he comes in a little shaky. Um, he had a rough start. He had a rough start, but that was because, you know, the emergence of the spider attack ban and all the pitchers' RPMs went down, you know? So that happens, whatever, but... I think we'll be just fine, but all-star break is, you know, a little bit away. Once that happens, if we can maintain that, I can't see us losing to anybody, really. I agree. I mean, yeah, right now, best team in the MLB. Um, I mean, right now, I mean, last major sport, I mean, the NHL right now, the Rangers... I had a lot of hope in the Rangers. I'm not a Rangers fan by any means. I'm, an, I'm a New York Islanders fan, but they were up 2-0 in the series against the Lightning, but they've lost three straight. And the last one at the Garden was the biggest one. It's their first home loss of the postseason. And now tomorrow night, they have to go back to Tampa and win on the road and then win again. It's just the thing with, it's the, thing with the Lightning. The Lightning are always just such a good team. Um, I might be wrong, but I think they won the last two Stanley Cups. And with the Rangers, I I thought they would be... I thought they would honestly go to the Cup after winning those first two games. But from what I've seen, Igor Shesterskin has not been the same player. I mean, Doesn't look good. Yeah. I mean, he's a top three. Um, I think he's top three in uh, hard voting this year. He's one of the best goalies in um, the NHL. But gave up four goals in game four. And he gave up five goals, and not five goals, three goals in game five. And now we have to see how this team does with the backs against their wall. And honestly, I don't know if they're, I don't think they're going to take this game in Tampa. If they do, great. Um, great. It'll be great for, great for New York if one of their teams actually reaches a championship. But as of right now, I just, I think Tampa Bay just has all the momentum. 
And I don't think the Rangers are going to be able to pull this one out. Sorry to all Rangers fans. But for the topic, main topic of the day. So this is... Hit a, me with it, Ben. Hit me with it. So, Tyler, the NBA season is coming to a close. Obviously, we still have, hopefully, at least four more games left in these finals. God bless. Go Warriors. Hopefully, we have, hopefully this goes to a game seven because I need as much basketball as I can. But there are 28 teams... Who are in off-season mode right now. Cool. And what I was wondering, whether they're bottom feeders, middle of the pack, playoff teams, playoff contenders, championship contenders, there's always something these teams can improve on. Every team can improve on. So starting, we'll start alphabetical order. We'll start with the Atlanta Hawks. What's um, one thing that they should do this off-season that they should to um, improve their team? Um, I think they just need... Uh, more defensive players. I think they need a backup guard when Trey Young comes out to play a little bit of defense. Uh, there are talks, rumors that they're going to try to trade John Collins to a variety of places. Trailblazers is one of them, which I think is an interesting fit for him. I could see him go to Portland. They want a young player, talented player. Um, I think they're in a tough spot because they have a lot of guys that believe that they're good and want paychecks and obviously want to keep the historic Trey Young. Um, but I think um, they should pursue a big, some sort of big guy in the draft. Yeah, Clint Capella is not the same player as he was last year. He had a career yeah. year last year, but yeah, he's been injured and he's just regressed this year. Atlanta's picking in the mid-teens are now someone like Mark Williams from Duke comes to yeah, mind. But I, I can see Mark Williams going to Charlotte. I think that just fits it his bill. It makes sense. He's yeah. in North Carolina. Yeah, and that's exactly what Charlotte needs, but we'll get to them you know, later Another in the Another guy that could fit the bill for Atlanta in the draft is Jalen Duran from Memphis. Yes, yes. He's very yes. young. He's still 18 years old. Because but. I think majority of the teams picking are not going to go for big men, and the only people pursuing big men are Atlanta and Charlotte. So if I mean, Chad Holmgren is obviously going to go. He's going to go to the Magic. That's, that's fine. But he's different. But basically, when it comes to those picks, if the Charlotte picks Mark, Hawks should get Duran, and vice versa if that doesn't go that way. But yeah, um, Hawks need some big, some length. Um, their shooting is fine. Uh, Bogdanovich went down for you know Bogdanovich, injury. Bogdanovich, you got Kevin Herter. DeAndre yeah. Hunter really came yeah. to his own in the Miami But series. we got to see how Bogdanovich comes because he has a knee surgery. So whatever. But that's a shooting team. But, you know, you can have one aspect, but you got to have some D in there. 3 and D. You need that. So I think they should pick some hard-nosed guys, rebounding guys, set screen guys. They need some grit and grind in that system or it's not going to work very long. Nate McMillan is the head coach. It works, but I don't see him keeping the job much longer if he does, if he under-succeeds this year. They really they really um, didn't do as well as people thought this past year. Yeah. They made a surprise run to the conference finals last year and almost beat the Bucks, but they barely made the postseason just through the play-in tournament. They got smacked by the Heat. But for what I think Atlanta should do, this is a little specific. I do think they should trade John Collins, but one player I have in mind, and this helps both teams, I think they should trade for Malcolm Brogdon. Honestly, he's a long defender, six six. He can shoot the ball, great defender. Play him at the guard when Trey goes down. He does his or thing. Or he can start at the two even. Uh, underrated enough. playmaking abilities. Yeah, I think um, I like that pickup. And yeah. Indiana needs a power for it. I mean, right now it seems like they have a lot of positions figured out. They have um, Tyrese right now at the one. They have Chris Duarte. Yeah, Buddy Heald as well. Buddy Heald also. TJ Warren. We'll see what happens with him. He's still on the team. Yeah. Um, Miles Turner looks like he's going to be staying in Indiana. Yeah. I think those trade rumors have died down. And we'll see what they do in the draft. But power forward right now seems like a shaky position because we don't know what's going to go on with TJ Warren. He's played yeah. four games in two seasons. And John Collins, he's on pretty big contract, but he's a young player. And he's he's efficient. 
he's, he's added a mid-range to his and game. he's athletic. He's incredibly athletic, a lob threat out the gym. He can get up there for rim protection. And but he's evolving his game, like I mentioned before. Um, there's been games where I see where he has this little turnaround mid range in the low post, mm-hmm, little and, hooks, and it's it's beautiful. He's adding to his game because that athleticism that that goes away. Um, I'm glad he's evolving to his game, and but I like the Trey and him tandem. But he might have to go for the betterment of the team. I agree, honestly. I mean, for Indiana, I think this helps out their youth movement a little bit. Malcolm Brogdon's a little older. I think he's probably yeah. maybe 28, maybe 29 right now. Mm-hmm. He's a little older coming out of the draft. But if you have a young lineup, you're gonna have. You have Halliburton. You have Buddy Hield for now. Maybe you draft uh, Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp in the draft. There's a lot of studs in the draft. A lot of young guards. And then you have um, Chris Duarte, who had a great rookie season of three. And then Collins and Turner rounding out the big man position. For a rebuilding team like Indiana, that's a pretty solid and a fun starting five. That could sell you a little some tickets, honestly. Yeah, they could be um, Lob City. Bring yeah. it back. Yeah. Oh, who's next? Moving on to the next team. This team's still in the finals. Obviously. The Boston Celtics. There's there's a lot. I mean, right now it seems like there's not a lot of holes for them. But if you were um, Mr. Brad Stevens, what would you do to improve this team? Um, the team, obviously in their finals. So, like, the additions aren't insane because you've made it here. But I do think they need a little bit more shooting. Um, just someone th- cheap, no one too. But good. the thing is, though, you drafted the guy Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt, who we'll led the how league, much he plays. Who, who led the league in you know three point percentage and makes and all that stuff that college year. And so, you have Peyton Pritchard, and you have Peyton Pritchard, who's great. So you either sign that guy or super develop those other guys. But um, it's another thing too. You're going to lose Al Horford if you win the ring. I think he retires. You're going to lose Jabari. You're going to lose Cornette. You're going to lose all these other guys, right? And we'll see if Grant Williams gets a payday somewhere in free agency, and the Celtics won't be able to retain him. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. This brings me to the next point of Boston. I think they should need to add some height because uh, Robert Williams yeah. is a monster defensively. And but he's he, he's he's injuring. He's like injured, one, and he's not the tallest. He's only like six nine. Yeah. But, I mean, vertical makes up for that. Vertical does make up for um, that. I think you want some size on the team. Yeah, but the size, like, what's available, um, it's tough because um, right now in the league, there's a lot of big guys, but they're just slower, and Boston mm-hmm. doesn't play a, a game like that, so they have to compensate that, um, and they'd have to make the necessary adjustments. But I do think they should add some size. I do think they should develop some shooting because they do go, and they have to... I think they need some sort of spark plug off the bench because, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, they go on droughts. They do. They go on droughts when Tatum comes out, Jalen Brown comes out. And even when Tatum's cold. Exactly. So you need a guy to come in that is a certified bucket, a guaranteed bucket to spark something and maintain something because they're historic for blowing leads. It's that simple. But, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as we we know, Boston's in the finals, but... Every team. If you're here, you don't have to make anything crazy. Yeah, you're you not, not going to be in the panic mode. You can always be improved. Always, the, always room for improvement. But this is the team that's going to be in panic mode. Say the name, Ben. All right, we got uh, my uh, arch nemesis, least favorite team, the Brooklyn Nets. And personally, on maybe unpopular opinion, I think they should just trade Kyrie. I think Kyrie has been a cancer to this team with the whole COVID vaccine stuff. He's been detrimental to his team when he when he doesn't play and um honestly with brooklyn right now we saw this especially in the first round the whole offense is durant and kyrie going iso and teams like that never win a fmba they finals. don't so i think they should trade kyrie it would be a little bit of poetic justice if 
he got traded for, say, Russell Westbrook and Taylor Horton Tucker in another death piece. And LeBron and Kyrie are reunited. And um, Durant and Westbrook are reunited. But a fun trade idea. This may may hurt the Nets, honestly. But I've heard some people say it could work. And this is going to be a trade with the Houston Rockets. Really? So I think they could trade Kyrie for um, John Wall, Christian Wood, and maybe another like shooter such as uh, Eric Gordon. Honestly, that's a win for the Nets, though. Yeah, maybe maybe take out Eric Gordon. Maybe just have like, a pick or a like, throwing player. Listen, but... Kyrie, I don't know when you may even at all listen to this. I love you, dog. You're an immense talent. You're fun to watch. When I look at basketball in the dictionary, it's you step back on Brandon Knight in that one all-star, you know, you weekend You hitting that event. clutch shot or Steph Curry in Exactly. The you wearing the sleeve Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. I admire your game. I love what you do for the community. I love what you do for, you know, black Americans and black people all over the world. I admire that. But if you don't want to play basketball anymore, don't. Yeah, because obviously it looks like his mind is not fully on basketball. And what I've seen from the Nets... It doesn't look. I don't. I don't think they're willing to commit to him long term. And if they do want to sign and trade, I think the one with the Rockets would be perfect. I mean, John Wall. He's still on a big contract. He's but he can still play. Majors, but yeah, I think he still has something left in the tank. He doesn't need to be what he was in Washington. He'd be perfect for Katie because it's not starstruck like that. And he's a facilitator. Yeah, he doesn't need to score a lot. Like he'll give you fifteen points, seven dimes. And say two steals nice. also. Yeah. And Christian Wood, honestly, in my opinion, one of the most underrated big men in the league. Yeah, he's, he has he's a in good a tough shot. situation in Houston. He's a good rebounder. He's on a very good contract. And that's what the Houston, uh, not the Brooklyn Nets need. They don't, yeah, their big men are lacking. I mean, you have the corpses of Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Blake Griffin. Yeah. And Andre Drummond is going to leave after this year. And I think Wood is still young. He can shoot the ball, good rebounder. I think he would just fit the bill perfectly with Brooklyn. But the thing is, is Kyrie a free agent or he has one more? He's a free agent. Okay, so he could dictate what he really wants. He could. He could just um, if sign he's, somewhere If else he's unrestricted, he then he can do what he wants. The thing about the Kyrie thing and trading him to Houston is the sign-and-trade. Because remember, John Wall's contract is fatty. I mean, Kyrie's also going to have a fatty contract. Yeah, yeah, and you're also acquiring Christian Wood's extension, which That's is true. also pretty fatty. Eric Gordon, let's just argument sake you acquire him. That's another big contract. That's a decent contract as well. So Brooklyn would be buckling under their upkeep, and they're already going to lose a couple of bench spots due to free agency anyway. They can't afford those guys. they got to sign a bunch of minimums, two ways, whatever it may be. And when that team isn't fully starting, tough. It's gonna, it will be tough. But, I mean, there's a lot of places where Kyrie can go. Kyrie might just sign with another team altogether, or maybe they work stuff out because... It's Kevin Durant's boy. That's the reason why he signed in Brooklyn. If and I'm Kyrie Irving, Kyrie, listen to me. If I'm Kyrie, regardless of whatever's going on, whatever's haunting you, whatever's bothering you, I'd sign a mediocre pay cut contract so Brooklyn can acquire other people that would aid my and that's organization. The thing about players, they don't want to do that these days. Listen, Kyrie, you just came off of what forty million, whatever it was. You're on a, you came off a massive contract, but the thing is, like. Players, like, players especially, like, Kyrie, that's a little shot of his ego, but I just don't think he's going to take a pickup. Maybe if he's a little older, he would, Mm -hmm. but I think Kyrie would just try to secure a bag. Maybe that's in Brooklyn, maybe that's somewhere else, but ultimately, I think it's just going to be best for both parties just for a split. I I could see that, but um, if it is best for both parties, Kyrie, if you don't like Brooklyn anymore, do your thing, but 
at the end of the day, regardless of what happens, whatever it takes, I want to see you back on the court, young man. I need to see you playing. It's always fun more. seeing Kyrie Irving. I need play. to see. I remember I saw you when I went to Brooklyn. You were on the Celtics and you dropped like thirty. I remember that day. I remember seeing you opening night in your first game as a, as a net, Brooklyn net, dropping, dropping 50, fifty points. I saw that too. We need you back on the court. You're good for basketball. I don't care whatever you do, whatever decisions you make, your decisions. Don't listen to the media, but please start playing basketball again. Just we need to. What basketball without you is a basketball without the Spalding logo on the top. Don't Whether make it's no in sense. Brooklyn or somewhere else, we I just want to see Kyrie Irving play basketball yeah. again. All right, next team. We already discussed this a little bit, but Charlotte Hornets. I think it's pretty obvious. Draft Mark Williams. Simple. Just yeah. Simple. Draft Mark Williams. I think. I mean, honest, I mean, maybe you sign a center in free agency. Maybe you want to trade for Rudy Gobert. You do have assets to do that. Maybe they got money too. They got money. I mean, they got guys they could trade also. Um, they got the rookie James Book Knight. They got PJ Washington. Maybe one. Maybe Miles Bridges could be a trade asset. Trade piece. I feel like they're gonna consider him untouchable. I think Miles is too or great of a another. Asset. This is a very good trade piece. Terry Rozier. Yeah, he's making. A, he's on a I think a twenty million dollar contract right now. So if you want to trade for a center like Rudy Gobert or Nick Vucevic maybe, or even someone like Clint Capella, they can do that. Or if they want to go free agents route, I think they can sign a player like Mitchell Robinson from the yeah. Knicks. Someone if, who can protect the rim, run the rack, and just somebody who just dunk it. If I'm Charlotte, I'm going to maintain my youth as much as possible. I like the idea of trading Terry Rozier because he's struggling to find his identity because his position was replaced with LaMelo. So that's tough because in his eyes, he's a starter. Ever since Boston, him dominating in the playoffs and him going to Charlotte, he thought he was going to be the guy, right? Yep. Okay. You drafted LaMelo Ball, who's a generational talent. He's going to evolve into something great. We know this. And it's hard for Terry. So I think Terry should look elsewhere to ball out. I agree. And also, if you alleviate that contract, whether you buy it out, whatever, you open up cap space for more stuff. I think you should draft Mark Williams, Duke Connection, North Carolina. It just stick makes him, too much sense. Stick him in blue. It's great. He's a great piece. Seven two nine nine standing and reach. So athletic, and that team is a young athletic team. It's just gonna be. It's fun to watch. You already have freak athletes in Melo and Miles Bridges. It's just gonna be good basketball. And listen, Charlotte hasn't had a center since Alonzo Mourning. Maybe that they, they had one season of Al Jefferson back in twenty thirteen. But and Dwight Howard that one year, that one year Dwight Howard that pity year. But I think yeah, they gotta just. I think Mark Williams is just the best option for them. And honestly, he could probably start in Charlotte right away. And if he develops the right way, I think Charlotte can be dangerous in the East with Lamelo Ball in the way. Yeah, I I honestly agree. Um, like it's just too good to be true. And I also. He he's built like a my player seven two. He is like nine Huge nine eight standing span. reach. Yeah, like I think he's the highest standing reach since Taco, who is number one all time. And Taco is seven for five. Yeah, so he is a freak specimen. I love them in Duke. I love Duke. I wish they won the Natty this year, but you know, obviously Caleb Love wants to be just Steph Curry with it, regardless of the outcome. That Duke squad was nice, and he really showed up on that Duke squad. And what they lack in all departments, he fills in. Aside from Paolo Bancaro, I honestly thought he was the best player on that Duke team. Yeah, he is phenomenal. He's phenomenal. And also, that side note, that whole Duke team is going to get drafted, the starting five. spectacular. Yeah. uh, Coach K, we miss you. We love you. I hope you enjoy retirement. Go to a beach somewhere and read a book. We love you. We love what you did. And I hope uh, the rest of the Duke years come. Thank you, Coach K. Hopefully treats you well. Of course. Next one. This is – and next team, a team that I thought was going to be a bomb feeder, and this shocked me. I'm – 
I'm sad this team didn't make the playoffs because they look really good. And that's the Cleveland Cavaliers who really built themselves up from a bottom feeder to a team that just looks like they can be dangerous. No, Cleveland is great, but they're in a weird space where they're trying to pick up the pieces and try to win without one man, LeBron, because their legacy, as long as there's a sword through a sea, everybody's going to come to LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. So they're just trying their best to just look the part, you know, without him. And I think one thing they should definitely do is try to figure out the Kevin Love situation because his contract is fat. How many years does he have left on that contract, let me, let actually? Me, let me check here, Ben. But, like, it's it's a lot of money. And, like, that could hurt a team trying to acquire something. But, I mean, I'm going to – I'll hats off to Kevin Love, honestly. He I love from, Kevin Love. He went from being, I don't want to be on this team, this team is not going to win, to him being a crucial part in mentoring the young guys like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. He's a free agent next year, but they've been paying him $30 million yeah, every year. Yeah, I know year. he's on a huge contract. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they should honestly try to figure that out. I mean – I would love Kevin Love to stay in Cleveland. I wish there was a way for him to take a pay cut like right or now. Or reconstruct his contract. Or reconstruct their, like you could do in the NFL. But they already got a nice young squad. Darius Garland really came to his own. Karis LeVert. Evan Mobley is Evan Mobley is a great set. Great young player. Jared Allen was an all-star this year, I think. Or maybe yeah. he was just... Or maybe um, was close to it. I think for that team, it's just a matter of keeping it together. I think they should, but... One person I think has got to go, whether it be just letting him walk or trade, I think they got to let Colin Sexton go. Um, I agree because it, there was a weird spill when it was him first and then they drafted Darius Garland. That was a weird. It was, yeah, like, it, I didn't think, I never thought it would be able to work out. They're both smaller than 6'3. They're not the greatest defenders. Um, I just, and Sexton just got hurt, that had a major injury this past year, and he is a very talented scorer. But I think like, he, he belongs elsewhere. But yeah, I just think I just don't think Cleveland is, Honestly, should keep him, especially if he wants a bigger packaging contract. him elsewhere to acquire some veteran experience for you know, this team might be perfect. I think they should trade for a nice wing player, a small forward. Yeah, I think a forward because you got your point guard of the future in Darius Garland. You got you got your big man of the future. Period. Four and five, and you got Karis LeVert, who's twenty eight, I think, right now, but he's got some years left in him. You need a three. You he's always three. solid. Isaac Okoro. I like him. Solid three and D guy. I think he's more suited for the bench. I just he think, can develop though. I think he can develop. I just think they need a very like a solid veteran, um, small forward, and maybe this is someone who could be too big to play the position. If I'm them, I'm gonna call up Detroit and I'm gonna call. I'm gonna try to trade for Jeremy Grant. Ooh, that's a good. And Jeremy Grant, I think he averaged close to twenty per game, maybe over twenty. And he's a very good defender, and he's athletic, and he also improved his shot heavily. I also think what's great about Jeremy Grant is since he carries the load with Cade over in Detroit, if he goes to Cleveland, that load is a little bit off of him. Yeah. Because you got so many other weapons around you that Jeremy Grant's like, wait, I'm not getting doubled. Wait, I'm not getting crashed in when I go into the paint. And he's going to be able to just get more opportunities. But the thing is, though, he's also a free agent next year. So if they do a sign, they they sign him or that they trade for him. Well, we have to see have a year for him. We have to see if he'll commit to Cleveland long term. And but I also think Detroit would be a good spot for Sexton. Sure, you have Cade right now, but say Cade can play the two. Cade play, Cade, Cade's tall, but I think um, since Sexton did have a great opportunity to prove himself this year, maybe some team gives him a one year prove it deal, like ten million dollars a year. Say he does well in Detroit. And maybe Detroit wants to re-sign him, or Sexton just played himself into a bigger contract elsewhere. 
I could see that. But yeah, they definitely got to get rid of Sexton. They got to pick up a wing. Got to pick up a third. I think a lineup of Garland, Lavert, Grant, Mobley, and Jared Allen is going to make some noise in the East. And I think they'll make yeah. it out of the play in tournament. Yeah. And also, I think for the future in a couple of years, if they maintain that starting five, they could definitely win something. They can at least win a series. That, yeah. That Darius Garland is, and the trio of Garland, Mobley, and Allen still so just young. great. Just great. They're going to be good for years to come. Yeah. All right. A team that recently got eliminated, the Dallas Mavericks. I just think it's kind of obvious. Big man, big man, big man. Big man. Help Dantich immediately. Help him right now. That This Warriors series has proved that you got to get some help on the Brunson, ground. he's going to leave. He balled out too much to maintain that, and Dallas is not going to pay him the money. Yeah, sure. We sure Mark Cuban says, "Oh, we're not concerned about Jalen Brunson leaving." But say if Brunson demands a twenty-five million dollar contract, say say if some team like the New York Knicks give him a twenty-five million dollar a year contract, Dallas is not going to match that. They're not going to. They match don't. It. They don't need to match that. Honestly. Now listen, Mavericks. There's one guy who's in the Rocky Mountains of Utah, and is he's a Frenchman. He's pretty tall. His name is Rudy Gobert. I'd look at him. Oh, 100% I'd look at him. I would look at that gentleman right there who holds a baguette in his right hand and a bottle of wine in the left. That would be a great addition because what they lacked, you need, first of all, you need a second star. I don't know if Rudy could be that second star. But, yeah. But I mean, he could, be, could, he could be that guy that they lacked in that Warriors series, you know? Gobert could be the difference between them winning the series. And then honestly. you could sh- you could shove over Maxi Kleber to the four because I think he'd play a four Kleber, better. Yeah, Kleber's too small to play the five. And same with Dwight Powell. Yeah. I think those guys are fours. You need a true five, someone like that. And you also just need a second star that doesn't play your star's position of Luka. Because that was the problem. Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Brunson both play Luka's position. Yeah. And the problem is, if you want them to coexist, none of those guys play defense. And honestly... Going back to the Brunson thing, if Brunson leaves, honestly, I don't think it'll hurt your team that badly. Because no. honestly, you could start with Luka at the one. Dinwiddie could start at the two. Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming back from injury. Yeah. You um, need a three. You need someone at the three. You all, Dorian Finney-Smith had a very solid series. He's just a prototypical 3 and D guy. I guess you have Reggie Bullock, who... I don't know how to feel Reggie Bullock. Former Nick, I kind of have a little bad blood with him with the way he left them, but... That's for another day, but... I think when it comes to the three, you mentioned that man prior, Jeremy Grant. I think that would be a great addition at the three for them. But they need a five. A five is... That it's has paramount. to be priority It's paramount. One. It's paramount. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Next team, Denver Nuggets. Honestly, overall, I just think you need to just vet depth. Um, yeah. When, when guys like Jamal, like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter were out for the, the entire season, and Nicole Jokic just had to carry that team on his back... And you got solid pieces like Monte Morris is decent, but uh, and Will Barton solid, but uh, I just think you need to get some veteran talent. And maybe this is maybe this is a little too expensive for them. Going back to Kevin Love, I know there are rumors about Kevin Love getting traded to Denver eventually. I feel like Kevin Love would be it's an expensive fit, but if they could somehow pull that off, I feel good like just be great. Thing the is though, room. if Cleveland Clark cashes out, Kevin Love can sign for whatever. That's true. You know. Um, I would love to see Kevin Love, also in like a Dallas too. I think Dallas would be it would be cool to see Kevin Love at Dallas, but it's gonna hinder their chance of getting that center. Yeah, that's true. You also missed the Bulls. Let's go to the Bulls real quick. I did miss the Bulls. My mistake. The Bulls. They. I this. I you gotta lose one. You gotta lose Demar, or you gotta lose Zach. You have two of the same player. One shoots a little bit more mid ranges, and they neither of them play defense. Or honestly, I think. 
I love Nikola Vucevic, but I think training him wouldn't be that bad either for some like a Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I, they just need defense. Defense, defense, defense. Yeah. Lonzo Ball, great defender. Get healthy, bro. Go to he Wakanda. Needs, he needs Do to something. Get healthy. Do something. And but Zach Levine and I still never understood the DeMar DeRozan signing. He had a very good season, but in the end the Bulls were still 60 and they managed to win one playoff game. And DeMar had to drop 41 just for them to win one game. And he can't do that all the time He anymore. can't do it all the time. He's going to be, I think, 32 or 33 next season. Mm-hmm. And he's on a he's on a contract for two more years, and he's making 30 mil at least in those years. Back to Denver, though. And honestly, between the Bulls, Denver, and Dallas, all these teams also have to develop the talent they have. They do. The Bulls have a stud, and I think in Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is a stud. But he's not getting the minutes he And deserves. you know another underrated player, Ayo Dosunmu. On the bench. Another one. A great stud. You have to develop those guys, too. And that sucks because the Bulls just bought their entire starting five. They did. And the guys that they drafted and wanted to give a chance are getting that chance because that chance is getting taken up by guys that can't win them a playoff series. Now, back to Denver, too. Michael Porter Jr., God you know, God willing, he gets back to good I health. I forgot. Did he get a new contract? Yeah, he got a new contract, right? Boom. You guys have, like, Bull Bull, like, crazy freakishly. Bull Bull, Bull Bull is not. I don't think he's on the team anymore. Oh, wait, no. he's on I the, think he's on Magic. Oh, he's on the Magic. All right, then, like... I mean... But, like, in general, though, you should try your best to develop... Monte Morris is solid. You got another guy. Zeke Nagy was a recent first-round pick. Yeah, Zeke Nagy, you're right. So it's like, you develop that talent because... It's funny how a lot of these organizations are in a win now state when they can't afford to be a win now state. I mean, you got Murray, Porter, Jokic, all on max deals. Yeah, it's tough, and you're gonna have to rely on veteran minimums and rookies that you acquire. Yeah, you can't win with just those max deals, and I don't personally. I think we saw too small of a sample size for Michael Porter for him to get that contract. Fair. He's but, been too injury prone, but when he has played, he's been good. When he does play, he's very good. 6'10", you know, he could spread the floor, he mm-hmm. could finish. But it is what it is, Denver. You got to figure your stuff out. All right. Next team, Detroit Pistons. I dog, just think you they, guys need Jesus, dog. They, you need, guys, they need the Lord himself, but I think they just I think just need to get a score. Just someone who can take pressure off of Cade. And, you know, Sadiq Bey had a very good season this past Sadiq year. Sadiq Bey did have a good season. And he dropped Jeremy, 50 that one time. It was he did. Cool. Jeremy Grant is obviously a good player, but... But he's going to be pursued by a lot of teams. I feel, like like should, I feel like Detroit should look to trade for someone younger. But I think... this And this is going to be looking... I'm looking towards the draft for this one. A player who I think could help them right away is Keegan Murray out of Iowa, who led the nation in scoring. I think he averaged 24 a game. Just work. a solid three-level score. Gets to the bu- gets to the basket, shoots middies, can knock down a three. I also think they need just intangible guys, too. Um, I did like the haul that they acquired in this most recent draft. Kate Cunningham. I was huge on Luke Garza. I, I like Luke Garza. If he could just improve like his just physicals, like he's just a little sluggish. Yeah. But if he could improve his defense because he's really good on offense. I think if they give him more time, he'd be a great four for them. Like That team... I think they had like an A draft. They just have to figure it out for the rest of those guys. But at the end of the day, it's Detroit. No one wants to play there. No one wants to play in Detroit. It's not the it's not the bad boy Pistons. It's not the 04 grind Pistons. It's the Pistons who haven't won a playoff game since 2000 and who haven't won a playoff game in uh what, 14 years? Yeah. It's embarrassing, but you know, got to move. You got Yeah, move. I mean, they got young pieces. Killing Hayes is Jury's still yeah. out on him. I, I liked him. I, always I liked, liked him, him as well. Isaiah Stewart, young center drafted last year. Marvin Bagley looked like he had a, looked like he came back yeah. a little bit after he a need, very but bad. I think tenure. Marvin Bagley's not going to be the 
I remember watching him at Duke. I remember I watching him at ACC. Yeah. He's not the guy, but he needs a certain situation where he can thrive. Hey, I mean, it's better than Sacramento. It's not a huge step up. Facts. Like Sacramento, Sacramento. GG. That's a team that needs Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yeah, man. All right. Next team, the Golden State Warriors. We center, center, the dr- center, 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 center. Bang the drum on center, this. Center, center, center. You need a five. You have everything else. You have bench depth, whatever. But you have to watch out because... It's that luxury tax cap stuff. You know, they, they're paying a lot of guys. They're overpaying a lot of guys. The league is going to crack down on that stuff. And it's tough to maintain it because everybody's up on contract in Golden State. Yeah. You know, and then Steve Kerr was like, you know, I hope we can give you $20 million to Kayvon Looney. But, you know, that's going to be tight. I, th- I mean, the thing is, with the luxury tax, I think Wiggins has got to go. I think Wiggins... His contract is too fatty. And they're already paying Steph, Clay, and, and Dre. And Jordan Poole is going to be up for an extension eventually. I think they need to trade Wiggins for a center. Whether that be, once again, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert could literally change the tide of a lot of conferences. A lot of very a lot of competitive teams. There's someone cheaper like Clint Capella. Vucevic, I, I think he's a... Vucevic is another good one. And this is a name you mentioned in the past. Some guy like Steven Adams. Steven Adams... Oh my God! I think he'd be perfect for Golden State. I don't know if he's under. I don't know if he's a free agent this let year. Let me check. Let me check. If, if there's a player like him, someone who can just bully guys down low, get you, makes get some buckets down low. Average ten and ten. Set a mean pick. He signed a two-year deal with Memphis. He, he's a free agent next year. Yeah. So I think a player like Stephen Adams would greatly benefit this team because the Warriors are just that center away. They don't, and they don't need. Shaquille O'Neal. They need a guy to rim protect, to be aggressive, to be big, to offensively rebound and defensively rebound, and to just set the hardest screen known to man. Because it looks like Kevon Looney is just scared to shoot right now. Just scared to just like... Yeah, I get aggravated when I watch those games. I'm like, put it up, put it up. You have a wide open lane. You take it. Yeah. But Steven Adams is someone who's just shot. And Steven Adams is 6'11", probably 7 foot with sneakers on. The guy... He, I think he'd be great for Golden State, and I think he's pretty mobile for their system as I well. I think he is too, and he's just gonna be a great locker room presence. Yeah, I think him and Clay will become best friends because they both love chess, you know, like things like that. And he loves boating. You're right by the bay. Area. Right by the bay. Come to the bay, baby. Come to the bay. So Warriors, Joe Lacob, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, get a big center number five, a big man. A big man. And please make him taller than 6'10". Please do it. Kevon Looney is 6'8". I love Kevon Looney. He's just, I just think he's not big enough. But he's getting eaten up a little bit sometimes. A lot. And Robert Williams, I think, is a great counter to him. He's a perfect counter to yeah. him. All right, next team, a team, uh, one of the youngest teams in the league, the Houston Rockets. What do you think they should do? You got to get rid of John Ball. It's, yeah, that's the obvious. He should have been gone last year. I'm sorry what happened to you and James Harden and that just – Nasty, nasty Amber Heard divorce you guys had, but you got to get rid of John. Um, that's the only way. Um, you guys have had a rough time with contracts and paying people because you got to pay Russ that one time. Eric Gordon is still making nineteen million dollars a year. Yeah, um, you guys have to blow it up over there. They do. I mean, um, they've already blown up a little bit, and they got some young talent. Jalen Green maintain Jalen Green. Great, great end of the season. I think they should draft uh, Paolo uh, Banchero. Paolo Banchero. Yep. I think they should draft him. You got to get rid of John Wall's fatty contract. I think Christian Wood honestly could be on the way out too. It depends on depends the on the aforementioned depends on if they trade. Depends on if they um maybe if they draft Paolo or Jabari Smith. Maybe they feel like 
Christian Wood's not their guy. And they also got other young guys. Jay Sean Tate's another they young have, one. They have uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. Ken- too. Yep. Alperun Sangoon was the solid son who could definitely start for him next yeah, year. Yeah, they have a strong young squad. Josh Christopher is another wing. And Usman Garuba was the first up in Usman Garuba, yeah. I just... I, you got to maintain that. You got to maintain that. They got a solid core, and it's going to be some rough years in Houston. So, Rockets fans, brace yourselves for some tough but times. If you could maintain Paolo and Jalen Green, both generational talents, I think you'd be okay. Yeah. Going to have a next uh, next a little uh, T-Mac and uh, Yao Ming action. Oh, Not man. As tall imagine. As Yao Ming, imagine. I think Jalen Green has a little bit of T-Mac in him. He's I th- a little shorter. A little but shorter, but I think he, he has carried away. He has bad shot selection. That's, that's the, that was the problem with him coming out of the G League. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the next team, Pacers. We mentioned this in the beginning. I think they got to get the power forward figured out. They got to get the power forward figured out. But I know you talked about the Miles Turner trade dying down, but I can see them shipping him. I can still see it too. It's just, it just hasn't ramped up as much as that yeah, in the past. Yeah, the thing about it, because the Indiana Pacers have been, haven't been in the limelight at all, really. Like, nothing's really happened with them. They haven't won anything, so nobody's really talking about them. And also, their organization keeps things pretty tight. It's a very small market, too. Yeah, it's not but a- like, to mention to the Mavericks, the Warriors, all those guys, if Miles Turner... I can get Miles him. Turner would be a perfect fit for the Warriors because he can shoot the three. He too. can shoot the three, rim protection. He's seven feet, um, great rebounder. Like I feel like Miles Turner would be awesome in Golden State. You know, and I think he'd also be awesome in Den- um, Dallas. So that's what you should look for. Uh, the power forward problem is you're not gonna have, you're not gonna be a free agent destination, and you're not high enough to get Paolo or Jabari Smith. Yeah, maybe yeah. you want to slide someone like Keegan Murray down there if he falls to you. I just, yeah. I don't think that's smart. I though. think, yeah, I just, um, they're either gonna bank on a draft, develop a guy, or they're gonna have to ship someone in a trade to acquire. Someone. I, I could see TJ Warren getting moved. Yeah, and there's like, there's no such thing as you know. TJ, MJ, Bubble Warren. Like, that was a one yeah, thing. Yeah, he a, doesn't play like that normally. Deal. TJ Warren's just been four games over two years. You, that's something you, you can't have that on your team, especially for the contract. He's yeah, on. yeah, he's not like that. Yeah, but I, I do want to see Indiana succeed. As a Knicks fan, it's 2013 still hurts, but I've always loved the paces and just mm-hmm. the way they've played. Um, next team, LA Clippers. I think it's just simple. I think you just got to just surround Kawhi and Paul George, which is the most. Just the best pieces possible. Yeah, uh, rebounding, defending. Uh, I would love to for the five position to be a little bit scoring oriented. Zubak isn't that guy. You know, um, I would love to see them get Patrick Beverly back. Pat Bev would be what they need. Yeah, um, I like Reggie Jackson. Him and his little specs, but like sometimes he can be inconsistent, make yeah, bad decisions. Yeah, he, he plays good games sometimes, but there's a lot of inconsistency with him. Yeah, uh, I could see him leaving. I could see them trading him. But you just have to brace yourself, hope for Kawhi. Because also, Kawhi is so unpredictable because he wanted to come here, but you've made it as inhabitable as possible for him. So it's like, I can see him going somewhere else. And he's also, I mean, he's going to be 31 in a few weeks. He's coming off an ACL tear. He's on, I think him and Paul George, or at least he's going to be free agent maybe next year. They're going to work together. I don't see them, both of them, not being on the same team for the next three years. Well, I have to, yeah, well, I think Steve Ballmer and him will work something out. Yeah. I just, um, I don't know, the Clippers are in a very tight cap situation, but we have seen Paul George can lead this team Yeah, when he's healthy. We saw in 2000, and last postseason, he led the Clippers to the upset of the Jazz and damn near almost beat the Suns and went to the finals mm-hmm. without Kawhi. So I think we only saw a small sample size of Kawhi and Paul George healthy together. 
So if they're healthy and they're playing at the top of their game, they're immediately just West contenders. Yeah. The duo is just so good. And I think the future is bright for the organization because they're building a new arena. Yep. They're going to have that distinguishing factor between them and Los Angeles because I don't care who you are. I don't care you know how good you are. If you play for the Clippers, you're in the Lakers arena. Yeah, it's like just, the, it's that the Lakers are always going to be LA's team. Yeah, and rip the Staples it's always, now. It's always going to be like the San Diego Clippers or whatever they were back yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, so I'm glad they're getting a new arena in wherever it may be. Um, the future is bright for the team. Uh, I like their owner. I like their GM. They're going to make good decisions. I like Ty Lue as a coach, though. Yeah, Ty Lue as a coach. He's good. So they just need a third score that... You know, you could do pick and roll. Like, I want it to be a big man. I think that'll be best for them. I think a big man would be good for them, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Next one. Arguably, close to the Nets, arguably the biggest mess in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers. Goodness gracious. My mother is a huge Lakers fan. I'm, I feel, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, she loves she loved Magic Johnson. She loved Kobe. She grew up all around that. But that um, team is a mess. It's, um, when you have arguably the greatest athlete of all time on your team... No matter who you are in the front office, you tend to just give him the reins. Yeah, I mean, we see the talk with LeGM yeah. and LeBron just controls the team. It's just but I like, feel like this has happened a lot this offseason. Like, come on, you signed, signed Dwight Howard, yeah. Carmelo Anthony. I just, um, I don't know. Not the same, what the, not the same guys. I don't know what the vision was. Um, do they think these guys were five years, six years younger? I don't I mean, know. I mean, LeBron did say Dwight beat him. Um, Dwight prevented him from going to the finals one year. That was 13 LeBron, years ago. That was in 2009. Yeah, like, Dwight Howard is not even close to that same. Yeah, Dwight Howard, I don't even think he should be in the league anymore. I think he should retire. Honestly, Dwight Howard is just hanging around. Yeah, I just think the Lakers need, um, they need shooting. They need all the shooting. I saw Pat Bev in first take. Love you, Pat Bev. Uh, they need shooting. They need some youth. They do need a youth infusion. They need an infusion of youth. Their average yeah. I think was 30 or 31, which is unacceptable. You can't have that many vets and expect to win. Yeah. And this, and obviously injuries played a big factor in this, why this team yeah. won only 33 games last year. LeBron only played 50 games. AD was getting hurt every time someone breathed, breathed on him. Russell Westbrook was just atrocious this year. Just the shots he took was and just his yeah. Turnovers. Westbrook, someone has to sit down with him and um, tell him he has a role to fill here. Yeah, this is he's not that guy. Th- this isn't the Thunder. You can't just run and dunk and turn the ball over and average a triple double on twenty percent shooting. You can't do that anymore. I love Russ as much as the next guy, but this is LeBron's team, and it's a different light because you haven't had a team like this where you've been the second man since KD was on it. So you have to get used to that. Um, just relax. Um, I like the head coaching hire. I think it's okay. I, mean, I like, I like Darvin Ham. Like, I think he's solid. Regardless of your outcome, you still have LeBron on the team, so you can hire like the only man that could ever even like coach the, that team would be like a Phil Jackson, but obviously like he's very, very old. So it's very hard to coach a team full of vets like that who've been there and done that and make their own decisions and whatever. But I don't think LeBron's in winning time right now. I think he's more focused on his post-career and his son and his Yeah, and, his, and we'll and have to school. see where Bronny eventually ends up. Because where I, Bronny goes, LeBron goes. I, I, I love LeBron, um, but um, I think he's focused on so many other things right now, um, which are all great things. You know, he's. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got his four rings, four MVPs. He's yeah, he's unanimous. The second, yeah, second best player of all time. Ar- Sorry, Ar- to Ar- all the go- LeBron lovers. But like, uh, 
yeah, like he's he's doing things for civil rights and opening schools, and he just became the first billionaire. And he's talking on the shop on how he wants to own the Las Vegas team. So he's thinking a lot ahead. I don't know if he's really focused on the season up ahead. Yeah, I mean LeBron. This is gonna be his twentieth year in the league. He's he's got his money. He's got his rings. He's got his MVPs. He's doing stuff for his hometown of Akron. Yeah, and honestly. I think his post basketball career is just what's most important. Obviously, you just gotta stay in shape, stay healthy. You don't want your career to end because of an injury. You want to go yeah. out with a you want to go out strong. Yeah. So it's just a matter of shooting, youth, um, and telling people what exactly to do because it felt like a chicken went out of head over there. Yeah, I mean they don't have a first round pick this year, so we have to see what they're gonna do. Maybe they trade Russell Westbrook for a later first round pick just to get a young player. Trade him back to OKC, get Honestly, a couple of tra- picks. Uh, See if I don't know. Okay, so would never do that. I, honestly, bro, like, uh, who knows? They need youth. They need youth. They do. All right, next team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Surprise team of the NBA this um, year. Just health, dog, and development. I don't think they need anything crazy. I mean, they got a very young team and a very deep team. One thing that I could see them, I mean, maybe not see them doing, but something that, I, that like maybe makes a little bit of sense to them. They got a, a lot of young pieces. I think they could put together a trade package for Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. Uh, that could fit. They got they got young talent they can they can use to get trade. Brandon Clark maybe. I think Brandon Ingram Melton. might be a good fit. Brandon I don't Brandon Ingram would be a great fit. I just don't think he's gonna get traded from the Palace. Yeah, they're just trying to figure it he out. He also just got hurt. I mean true. Yeah. But yeah, um development, health, and just get that one more guy. Yeah, hopefully uh Moran can come back strong. I mean he'll he'll come back strong. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he'll be he'll be chilling. Um, next squad, Miami Heat. I think you got, you got oh, you need, Donovan. You you need another star. Jimmy Man, looked like he was suffocating out this there. This whole this Boston series showed that Bam Adebayo is a very good third, a very good third star rather than the second star on the, yeah. On a championship, and you don't team. have the second star. I love Jimmy Butler. I but wish Jim- he was on like other teams though. I feel like I would love to see him hoist up a trophy of some sort. But the decisions he's made in his career. Um, I mean, regardless if it was his at his fruition or not, like staying in the Sixers or whatever. If they stay with the Sixers, I think they would have hauled up a trophy. Yeah, like it's tough. Um, but you need another star. Yeah, I mean, honestly, ideal player Donovan Mitchell, you but the buddy Dwayne Wade, part owner of the Jazz. I think you call up a Pat Riley, you call up Miami. We'll offer you Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson and two to three first round picks. You give me Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I think the Jazz should just blow it up then. It's that time for them. Yeah. All right. Next t- team, Milwaukee Bucks. Honestly, health development. Health. Keep it all together. Yeah, just keep just keep the band together. You Pop. could. I mean, you could use a stronger what? What? Three, four. So get someone. Honestly, I think just need someone like PJ Tucker back. Yeah, he was crucial. He was he was, he was fundamental to that team. Yeah, but Drew, great. Chris Middleton, please stay healthy. Giannis, it's Giannis. Bobby Portis, is, Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis will come back. Brooke Lopez great. is solid. Brooke Lopez does his thing. Yeah, just keep the team together. Budenholzer will keep it down. Um, I just trust the Bucks. I, I I think the Bucks will be back in the finals. Next yeah, they'll they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be chilling. Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they got to find a true point guard. They either got to find a true point guard. Gotta, I think they got to trade D'Lo. Uh, I don't think he's the right point guard for their team. He plays like a two. I just um, yeah, you need someone to like distribute. Like that's where yeah, someone like a Malcolm but, Brogdon. But it doesn't in. even need to be a point guard. You just need a position to be able to distribute because they have, don't really have any. You have a guy like Draymond for the Warriors who's been known at the four and three to distribute. You know, so you need a guy that could just 
initiate the offense. Yeah, just because Anthony Edwards needs needs the ball in his hands. Yeah, Cat needs the ball. Yeah. needs the ball in his hands. D'Lo is a shoot first guard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just uh, like a point guard or any. But it's position. sad because I don't want the same thing to happen to KG to happen to Cat. So it's kind of. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I think it may because I don't know if I don't know if, unless Anthony Edwards does have the potential to be an MVP caliber player. No, he does. But, but if just, this year doesn't work, if I'm Carl Anthony Towns, I'm took, shout I'm out to St. Joe's, I'm I'm looking somewhere else. I'm looking somewhere else, bro. Yeah. And imagine him on like the Warriors. That'd be kind of crazy. If he too. was on the Warriors. That's that's it's over for the league. If Cat's a Warrior, yeah, it's over. But that'd be perfect fit. But for he's him. I think he's eligible for an extension this year. I don't he think he'll does, take it. He does say his heart's in Minnesota. I don't know if it'll be. You, you say that? You Carl, all, I mean, you always say that. Carl I mean, Kyrie said his heart was in Boston. Yeah, he said he I'll, I'll, if you'll have me, I'll come back. That's all to kind of keep things low. But you say that now, even if you believe it or not. But the minute that you're below 500 and you're not making even making the play in. All those thoughts are like, I want out of here. It's cold. It's not a destination in any sorts. Get him out. Yeah. Get him out. I love you, Cat. Get him out. Mm-hmm. All right. New Orleans Pelicans. Well, the number one priority for them, they just got to make sure Zion is healthy and they got to make sure he's in the right place. And you better not lose him to the Knicks because... If you, hey, I know they should lose him to the Knicks. Well, obviously, hope. my boy Benjamin over here is a Knicks fan. But the thing is, the Pelicans are in a weird spot. Because they're putting so much trust in Zion, even though he hasn't played at all. When he does play, he's extremely dominant. We know this. But um, there's so many what-ifs over there. It's very quiet in New Orleans. It's the smallest market in the NBA. I do like what they've done, though. They do have solid pieces. The McCollum trade did help them out in the postseason. McCollum traded. I like their young guys and Jose Alvarado, Grand Theft Auto. Trent um, Murphy, Herb, Herb Jones. Jones. Very I underrated. love me some Herb I Jones. I love Herb Jones. And you have Beyond. Valanciunas is a yeah, solid center. You have Jackson player. Hayes. You have Brandon Ingram. Um, Kyra Lewis, I want him to come back healthy because he was, uh, I think, a lottery picker. Maybe top 10. I yeah, think can, so I the Pelicans, just it's just a matter of patience. And don't lose Zion to the Knicks. Oh, and don't Devontae Graham. How am I forgetting Devontae Graham? Oh, yeah, Graham? Devontae. Sharpshooter. Yeah. All right, next squad, my New York Knicks. This, Jesus. They got to get rid They need Jesus. They got many, many things to do. They got rid Dolan needs to sell that team, but besides that, I think Julius Randle's got to go. Um, they He had an all-NBA season last year, but... He regressed in a huge way. Shooting percentage, points, rebounds, assists. Shot selection, too. Shot selection. And honestly, just his overall attitude. just seems every time I've seen the Knicks game, he just goes away. From, he's away from the huddle. He's just sitting at the end of the bench. He gave a little – he gave that downward gesture – downward um, thumbs down gesture to the fans when they um, – when he scored. And especially with the emergence of Obi Toppin late in the regular season – and he had a four, and he had like a multiple thirty point games in the end of the season, and he also had a forty two point game to close it out. And I think he's young; he's improved his shot. He's a freak athlete. If I'm the Knicks, I'm trying everything in my power to get Zion Williams. I am trying to get Zion Williamson on this. Team. Nobody is untouchable unless your name is RJ Barrett. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, the Knicks, I just think they need a closer because yeah. I love me RJ Barrett. He's not a closer by any means. I've seen it. He's a second fiddle. We saw it at Duke. The thing about RJ, he can't be that one guy. He can't. He can excel at the two. Yeah, like he can average 20 a game when he's the second option. Bro, 25 if he gets the right footing. Honestly, yeah. If he, yeah, just make your free throws, be more efficient. He can average 25 as a second option. Yeah, and you guys also need a a point guard. They do. The Kemba Walker experience was a huge flaw. If you did that, 
two years ago, three years ago, it would have worked. It would have worked. But like, if you got him instead of Boston, that would have worked. It would have worked, honestly. But there are multiple guys in the trade block. Um, Zach Levine, he could trade. Donovan Mitchell, obviously, his New York ties. Obviously, Zion. Cat is a New Jersey native. And in the draft, I think they'll also just look... I don't think they'll look for a point guard because I don't because I think they'll be too far out of the range unless someone like Dyson Daniels out of the G League falls to them. But I think they'll probably just look for a a wing a three and D guy with that eleventh overall pick, or maybe they'll package it and trade for a star. Who knows? Regardless of it, none of that could happen unless the owner frees up himself a little bit. That's the problem. Ownership. It's just it's just James Dolan. He's just it's the the cancer for the New York. Yes. All right, Oklahoma City Thunder. Just trust the process, baby. Don't do anything, bro. You got you you control the draft capital for the next six and years. And you got some talented players. You got Shea Gilgis. Yeah. You got Lou Dort. Uh, you got Alex Pokusevsky. Yeah, man. Seven foot point demigod. Yeah. Yeah. You just trust the process. It's simple for them. Yeah. And you got Josh Giddey. Same. Very talented player. Easy. All right, Orlando Magic. Gotta draft the homie Chet. You're gonna draft one. Chet. You're gonna pair him with the Gonzaga connection of Jalen Suggs. Um. You have to develop the pieces you have around you. I find it quite remarkable that the Orlando Magic has a bunch of lottery pick players. I mean, they, and yeah, they, they haven't spanned into anything. Yeah, Wendell Carter, John Jonathan Isaac, Isaac Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba's gonna get traded, or he's gonna sign somewhere else. Mo Bamba would be a great addition to a lot of the teams. You, he would. You I mean, for center, very yeah, huge wingspan, great defender. He just never got a shot in Orlando. Yeah, it's tough to play in Orlando. It's not a destination spot. Not at all. There's like little years where like. They've had good coaching and good squads like the Van Gundy era with Dwight Howard and before that T Mac and mm-hmm. Hito Turkoglu like those even with the Shaq and Penny days yeah so it's never been the during those times the Orlando Magic was pretty well managed but right now I think it's a little crazy right now yeah they've just got a lot of young guys and I just think um, so I think they need a better front office I think they need better management yeah they do and yeah I mean draft Chet. Just built through the youth movement. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty simple as that, honestly. All right, Philly, 76ers. As hard as it's going to be, you got to find a trade partner for Tobias Harris. Yeah, you got to. Because he's, right now, he's your fourth scoring option on the team, and he's making $35 million a year. That's a that, problem. You can't have that, especially That's with the problem. emergence of Tyrese Maxey. I think, yeah. And also, regardless of what happened to James Harden, if, if you ship me all around the country... During a year, I I, I can't really when get my when you've been basketball. In, when you've been in Houston, Brooklyn, then Philly in a span of a year. Yeah, so I, it's James Harden. He'll find his way. Um, next year, I think he'll develop a relationship with Joel Embiid, and then and you got Daryl Morey on the staff still. Yeah, he is a free agent this year, but I just think that connection is too strong. I don't. Yeah, think I think Philly. he's good. He, he gave him a shot in Houston, and he, whatever you have the emergence of Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thybul. That team is good. You just have to keep the chemistry together. Yeah. Because they can butt heads a lot. That's what happens. Yeah. yeah, Philly is yeah, that's shown in the past few years, but the thing is with Philly, this Philly when everything clicks and they're healthy, like they're they can be con- championship contenders. Yeah. But it's just it's just tough for them because I don't know if Doc is gonna be the guy to coach. I them. don't trust Doc. I honestly thought Doc should have been fired after this year. Yeah, Doc I love Doc. You know, he used to be great back in like the early like the late Broad 2000s. championship to Boston. But yeah. But just as a nat- just a great regular season coach, you just can't yeah. win the postseason. Just look at the Clippers. Look at the look at the resume. Look at last year's Sixers team. Yeah, it is what it is. Just trust the process, though. You've been doing it. Yeah. All right, Phoenix Suns. DeAndre and gotta I go. I think it's time. Yeah, he's over. He's gotta go. Now. He you you don't you don't he doesn't like you. You don't like him for what he. You don't wants. think he's worth the max contract? Honestly, just 
you got yeah yeah you'll be fine and try to maintain the rest of the squad as much as possible try to find another big um I feel like for you guys though it's gonna be a big hit because he was very defensive he was a rebounding god and it's gonna be hard because they have a late round pick they don't have much cash yeah and you're also paying Chris Paul a shit ton of money you're paying Devin Booker a lot of money Mikel Bridges I I think he got extended did he or did he he might have, but yeah, and then you have a lot of like little young studs like Cam Johnson, stuff like that, that could be desirable for other teams to pick up. Could be. Um, so the Suns are in an interesting spot because they're trying to pick up the pieces that you know they got, you know, duped by the Mavericks. Yeah, la- yeah, absolute disaster for them last year. Yeah. 64 wins just to lose by 30 at home to, to the Mavericks. Yeah, so. They'll figure it out. Chris Paul's getting older, though, so you got to watch you out. Got, yeah, you got to kind of. Uh, I think he ends his career there because Monty Williams is there. That's how he started his career, yeah. so it's quite just, poetic. It just makes sense. Yeah, uh, Devin Booker, um, you got to do more, bro. You got to you got you got to improve his perimeter defense. Yeah, I love you. Another D-book. another guy who compares. I love you, D Book, but you have to improve your own game inside and out. You know, you're a phenomenal scorer, but you complaining about double teams in an open gym is not going to help anything. I agree. Um, you have, like Ben said, you have to work on your perimeter defense like that, but you're a generational talent dog. I love when you play basketball. It's, you know, music to my ears and a beauty to my eyes and just keep doing it, but you have to improve your own game and you also have to get in the, your teammates' asses too. You know, you have to be that leader. Chris Paul can't be that guy. This is your team. He came here and you should still be that guy. Yeah, but yeah, going back to Aiden, just, it's going to be tough to find a replacement for him, but... I think, I mean, a perfect spot for him would be the Spurs. I just think... Spurs would be great. Yeah, just... He needs, he needs, he needs a situation thing. where he could score at his own fruition. I just think him and Murray, DeJounte Murray would be a great one-two punch. Yeah, I think that'd be, pretty, be pretty cool. And it'll keep Popovich in the league a couple more years. Yeah, develop him to the next Duncan, maybe. Who yeah, then leave. All right, next team, Portland Trailblazers. Dame's, it's, I think it's time for Dame to, to go... Uh, it's tough. His contract is fatty. It's so tough because it's a tough, it's a fat contract. But Portland is in. I think they're officially in rebuild mode. They've been in like purgatory the last few years. But after trading hey, McCollum, they said they're confident in him. Though. They want to build around him. That's why they should. I don't forward. know. Cause, I just don't think Portland's good enough to um, compete. And actually, as right now, the Hornets just hired Kenny Atkinson. Really? Yeah, I think it's a great hire for them. Interesting. Wait, so. Is Kenny gonna remain his? Uh, he'll prob- he'll remain probably- on the squad like the like their assistant coach for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, like Mike Brown was still coaching when he got hired for the Kings, but I think Atkinson will stay for at least for the series. Well, yeah, I think he has to. Yeah, yeah. Dame, I mean, Dame Lillard's gonna be thirty-two by the time the season starts, and they do have a big contract. Maybe I could they could trade for someone like DeAndre, and maybe they trade for an OG Ananobi. Maybe they the trade thing about for Jeremy is- Grant. I always thought Dame was never the number one guy. Like, yeah, Dame is such a good talent, and he's also been very injury-prone this year. Yeah, I think the thing about Dame is I love Dame. I've watched him um, in person, and it's just a beauty to watch. But I think he needs to be paired with someone that's better than him and has more impact to him because, you know, he can hit these clutch shots and shots from, you know, Delaware to Rhode Island, but... He doesn't win games by himself. Yeah, and he needs to be paired. And at this somebody. point in his career, he, like he's getting, he's not getting any. And younger. his his teams have never played as a unit. Never played as a unit. Yeah, um, I think they should ship if they're gonna trust the Dame process, and he's gonna end his career there as in you know whatever. Try to find a location for Nurkic. Um, I think Nurkic would maybe be great. If, maybe in Golden State. He'll be great in Golden State. Or maybe just do a maybe swap him for Aiden. That could work too. That could also work. Um, 
you have a couple other guys you can trade and do things like that. But just Blazers, you got to figure it out. Either going to super surround Lillard what he wants, or, or you got to completely tear it down. I yeah. mean, if Lillard gets traded. I mean, a team that comes to mind is the Heat, similar package to Mitchell. That would be dope. Give Tyler Hero, another player, some first round picks. That would be they dope. All get it done. Yeah, and Tyler Hero has his own homework. He can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next team, this, this team needs God Almighty. The Sacramento Kings haven't made the playoffs since 05. New ownership, new management, new everything. Yeah. It's played and simple. That is just where players go to die. It still blows my mind that they traded Tyrese Halberin. That's a I don't know what they saw in trading for Sabonis. They thought they were going to make a plan, make a plan maybe, and they didn't even do that. Sabonis is a great player. They just player. set themselves some years back. Sabonis is a great player that should be on a contending team that needs a big. Yeah, but Sabonis. Like the Mavs, but he like, oh my God, I don't know why they portrayed him like that. Yeah. That, 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 was, that was the first guy I've ever heard saying, I want to play for Sacramento. And they just. And they shipped him. They shipped him. Why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. I mean, that's just a bonehead decision of the Kings. I hope making. Tyrese Halliburton drops forty every time he runs across the Sacramento. I can't wait to see how. I can't wait to see this. I can't wait. I mean, another thing the Kings could do. I heard rumors that they could trade out of four and try to get an established player. Because I think the Kings at this point they're like, okay, we haven't made the playoffs in sixteen years. We want to get. We want to get a third star to pair with De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. Let's get that player. And I could see them doing that. Cause or maybe they want to get Jaden Ivy to pair up with. Um, Your best Fox. bet is getting a young guy because as an organization, low key, I feel like if they try to get an established player, they don't have the assets that seem that appealing. Because then again, though, the thing about applying a trade is like, if I'm trading for something and I'm giving something up, it's like how appealing is anybody on the Sacramento Kings? I assume De'Aaron Fox is untouchable. De'Aaron right? Fox is probably untouchable. So bonus. You're- you can't really trade. Maybe yeah, exactly. The, I mean, the most so, appealing player you have is David Mitchell. Maybe no, but he's still young, and they're going to keep. And, he, gonna, and he's a defensive beast. Then, so those then three who, guys. Who else is there? Exactly. Harrison Barnes. Maybe exactly. Yeah. And I don't think any team is going to want any of those guys. No one's going to want Harrison package. Barnes or Rashawn Holmes. Or yeah. Like now, that. if it's just a pick, then I don't know. But I just know that it's going to be a tough sell. The Kings are trying to offload anybody. I mean, ultimately, I think they'll draft Jaden Ivey with a fourth overall. Pick, I mean, yeah, but just to pair him with Fox, the way they should have paired Halliburton with him. But God bless Jaden Ivey if he lands in Sacramento. God bless. Go I mean, back to Kansas City. Sacramento. God bless anyone. God bless anyone on that team. Honestly, <laughs> all right, San Antonio Spurs. DeAndre Ayton pursuing. Yeah, you need a big Ayton. man. Develop Lonnie Walker and Javante Murray. Deve- um, de- develop uh, Devin Vassell too. Develop Josh exactly, Primo, who's still very young. Exactly. Um, I don't know about Popovich. He's obviously very, you know, old. We love you, Popovich. Um, but do what you seem comfortable. Do what's right for your family. If you want to stay in basketball, stay. If you don't, don't. But if you do, try to get DeAndre Ayton and teach him the ways of Timmy. And then I can see DeAndre Ayton being an all-star. Timmy and David Robinson, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they need, yeah, Ayton can provide the scoring that they need. They don't really have that elite scorer. Murray is a very talented player, but he's not the... He needs he, he needs, needs a, a pick and roll guy. And the Spurs have been a weak at center. They have Jakob Pertl, who's a backup center, I think, at best. Yeah, so I think pursuing DeAndre Ayton might be great, and we can really see that DeAndre Ayton that was drafted, you know, the highlights from when he was at Arizona, right? Yep. Where he was just dunking and just doing post spins and drop steps and post hooks and baby hooks and dream shakes. We want to see that DeAndre Ayton, and we couldn't see that in Phoenix because Monty Williams gave him the role of just being a rebounding guy. That's why there's that discrepancy. Mm-hmm. But if he goes to San Antonio, he'll have creative freedom. He will. So good for him. I, I really want to see him in San Antonio. And I think he'd look pretty cool in black and white like that. I think he would look great in black and white. Maybe the camo here and there. Yep. 
All right, moving up north to Canada, we got the Toronto Raptors. I think they got apparently OG Ananobi is unhappy there, and if he is, trade him for a center. Honestly, yeah, yeah, you got to pursue a center in Toronto. Ever since Kawhi left, you guys, you guys screwed it up. You guys screwed that up. You guys disappointed Kawhi. Whatever you did, whether it was too much paparazzi or the weather you, was cold. Maybe, was it too much disappointment or you just wanted to play in Los Angeles? I think it was a, maybe a healthy mix of both, but I did have reports of like, you know, when he was just walking around town or whatever, he got bombarded all the time or whatever. But like at the end of the day, you're an NBA player. You just won an NBA finals. Of course, you're going to have people on. You're, you know, the all best, over. you're already the best player in Toronto. Yeah, you were the best year. player in the world the at one, that point. Yeah. So that's the thing like. You guys screwed that up. You should have made it as home as possible. You should have made you know Drake pay for all his meals, like I don't, you know whatever it may be. Um, but ever since his departure, Pascal Siakam has become predictable. That little post spin thing doesn't work anymore. Fred Van Vliet, great player. He's just I think it's just undersized. Uh, you could be undersized. That's fine, but they're putting too much scoring on him. Yeah, and Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year, obviously. Scotty Barnes, t- player. Gary Trent great, Jr. Yeah. had a great season. Yeah, great. Gary Trent's gonna do his thing. Looks like he they got solid dude. depth also with uh, like Malachi Flynn, Chris Boucher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, so you just gotta pursue a five. Yeah, OG Ananobi for someone like Yusuf Nurkic, maybe that could benefit both teams. Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic or uh, maybe Nick Vooch, um, Clint Capella, maybe get a defensive player. Yeah, or I think Devonta Sabonis might be well in that system because he's a passing. Big. I think he fits well in the system too. I just don't think Sacramento moves on from that fast. Yeah, but we'll but see. Sacramento's, Sacramento's a waste. Yeah. All right, Utah Jazz. This is. Uh, Get rid of everybody. Blow it up. Yeah, this is. Blow time. it up. You, Donovan to Miami, Rudy to Warriors. That's it. I mean, if you. Yeah, that's basically that's what they should You gotta do. blow it up. You have to blow it up. There's too many discrepancies with chemistry. Donovan cannot succeed without Rudy. Rudy can't succeed without Donovan. And Donovan doesn't pass him the ball, whatever. You get rid of one of them, you're gonna have a hole there that you have to fill that you're not gonna get your trade piece because no matter what trade you do, I think they lose a trade. Because I mean, honestly, yeah. If they, they trade got- him to Miami, who are they getting? I mean, let's, 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 pl- I'm gonna, let's play some hypothetical trade scenarios. So let's say you call up um, Pat Riley. You're like, hey, we want Tyler Hero. We want Duncan Robinson. We want three first-round picks for a dive. And they say, boom, yeah. done. Get all the so white guys in Utah. Yeah. Yes, they do. And then and then uh, Rudy Gobert, you call up um, Bob Myers. Yo, give me Andrew Wiggins. Give me Wiseman. Give me Wiseman. And give me a first. I think that's reasonable for Gobert. Yeah. So you got a, yeah, a whole different squad in Utah. And you're going to have a new coach. So it only makes sense to have the influx of younger guys. You can start fresh. You can't you can start yeah. fresh because Donovan and Rudy have been under Quinn Snyder's system for how how many years now? Since the, I mean, since well, Rudy got drafted in twenty thirteen, so he's been there for nine years. Yeah, and um, Donovan since he's been drafted, so five years. So basically, I'm already disgruntled with the franchise, and I'm already have to go into a coaching change. And depending on the coach, the whole system can change. I can lose shots. I can lose touches. So let me just go. Let me just yeah, go. and. The last few years for the Jazz have ended up in disappointment. The best season they've had in the Snyder tenure was probably 2018 when they upset the Thunder that was in big. Donovan's that was rookie big. year. But the last few years, 2019, they got gentlemen swept by the Rockets. 2020, they blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets in the bubble. 2021, they lost to the they lost in six as a one seed to the Kawhi Leonardless uh, Clippers. Yeah. And then this year, they just they honestly I think just got embarrassed by. The Mavericks, who didn't have Luca for the first three years, and they still managed to go down two to one. Blow it up! It's a new, it's a new era in Utah. New coach, fresh faces. Blow it up! You got it. You Blow gotta it up! Just, uh, Blow it up! You have to learn from younger. your. You have to learn from your your years past of ever since Carl Malone, and then through the Darren Williams, Jerry Sloan days. You just got to learn to blow it up. 
You gotta no. learn to blow it up. You can't hold on too long. And you can't just like do patchwork. You gotta just know when to blow it up and get some young talent to just try to simple. see what gems they simple, have. Simple, simple, simple. All right, final team: Washington Wizards. Same thing with Dame Lillard. Yep. I think Bradley Beal's got to go. Yeah. I, th- yeah. And I think Bradley Beal is younger than Dame, I think. No, he's fairly young, actually, still. He's it's probably, weird. like, two, what, two, three years younger? Yeah, it's actually weird. Like, I looked at Cause the Because I think Lillard was a senior coming out of... Bradley Beal's 28, bro. Yeah, so Beal was a freshman in that draft, and Lillard was a senior. So, Beal, young enough, I think um, you got to trade him. It's... Actually, two hours ago, Bradley Beal's statement, I'm going to go where I feel like I can win. Wow! So look at that. And Bradley Beal's name has been in trade rumors for three, honestly, three years. Honestly, more than that. Like honestly, even when John Wall was there in twenty like sixteen, seventeen, I've seen Beal trade rumors, but they've heated up since twenty nineteen. But this is the first time we've heard him say anything. But my heart's in Washington. I want to win here. I think he finally gets that Washington. He's not going to be able to win there. Like the what the team Washington has is just interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. And Beal's on a huge contract. Just mantra for Washington. You're not going to win. Get young players. Get picks. Um, tank for a little bit. Find your next star. And see where it goes from there. And then Bradley Beal, maybe he gets traded to a team like Memphis. Someone, that would be nice. Yeah, him and John Moran would be amazing. Or, honestly, I could see this too. What Maybe he can get traded to Cleveland. Another possibility. Yeah, just get out of there, bro. Yeah, at that point, it's get out of that. Go. We've been telling you that for three years. Get out of there. Ever since your boy John Wall got shipped, get out. Yeah, get out. It's just I can see him though. Him. I don't. I think. He, I think he's purely. I think he's a free agent currently, right? Is he a free agent or he's still on a contract? He says, "I'm gonna go where I can feel I can win." I feel like that's a statement that you know mentions. I, I have control over my own destiny. I don't moment. think he's a free agent. He says, maybe not this off season. Next off season. Next off season, a free agent. Yeah, so maybe he'll play this year under his. Con- he'll probably just play his contract out. And then, depending on how they do, Bradley Bill just choose where he wants to go. Yeah, go someplace where you can win. Exactly. But if I was, but if I was Washington, and I'm hearing this statement, I would try to get rid of Bill right now and try to recuperate whatever assets you can for him because yeah. you don't want to lose Bradley Bill for nothing. That's fair. I could see him going to the Mavericks. That'd I feel like that'd be a great star for Luca. It would be a great star for Luca. Just yeah, soup. Just a, a great one of the most underrated scores in the league. Yeah, Bradley Beal could fit with a lot of teams. I can even see him on Golden State if he picks a pay cut. I can see him in New York. I can see him put him at the three. I can see him play in New York. I could see him play Miami. Virtually anywhere. Yeah, I just um, he's a good fit at shooting guard, and he still has a lot of juice in the tank. Yeah, he does. Good luck to him. I love me some Bradley Beal. So do I. All right. Well, that wraps up episode one of the Sports Inventory Podcast. It's been great having you guys here. Once again, I'm Ben. I'm Ty. And we'll catch you next time. Peace out. You press the stop button, Ben.